bed, we go up, we go up between his fingers like Wolverine. Yes. Yeah. We'd go up to the cabin and he had a little fucking slingshot and he'd grab crab apples and he'd just shoot them at us. So like we'd be out playing in the backyard. Wouldn't it have been way cooler if he used the chess pieces? That would yeah, have been. Well, yeah. I'm starting to think that he fell in the rankings and that's what caused <laughs> yeah. it. Exactly. It just turned into a monster. His fall yeah. from grace. Take yeah. that, Matt Phillips. It's going to be Call a character on season two of Queen's Gambit. Hey, Matt Phillips is listening. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> but if he is, fuck you, dude. That, those shits hurt. You take one in the cheek, you got a nice little bruise. It's kind of like taking a paintball. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's yeah. 100. Like the first yeah. time I got shot by a paintball, that was the first thing I thought of. It's like a paintball that doesn't explode. That doesn't explode. Well, actually, they kind of do, but then they just like, then you're sticky. Yeah. It's no fun. <laughs> Nobody wants to be sticky and hurt. <laughs> yeah. And their feelings hurt. And their the feelings trifecta. hurt. Oh, uh, well, let's see. Should we do? Should we talk about what we're sipping on first, or should we talk about who our guest is first, Charles? Let's talk about the guest. Let's talk about the guest? Let's talk about the guest. Well, uh, yeah, you're hearing the soft and sultry tones of another baritone in the house. Hey. Uh, would you please introduce yourself, sir, and let the folks out there know uh, what, you're, what you're doing? So thanks for having me, gentlemen. Hey, thanks um, for coming. I've been dying to do this. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm an avid listener. First time caller. Wait, and that's that's a different that's a different program. Flew into yeah. town today for the show. For one thousand percent, we can one hundred percent put that on there. One thousand percent. So I'm Todd Harris. I am the CEO and co-founder of Plift, which is a hemp infused beverage, cannabis infused beverage. Um, I'm also the CEO, or actually, I guess I'm the COO and co-founder of a company called Perfectly Dosed, which helps to create water-soluble emulsions for people to infuse all types of products of their dreams and imagination. Um, and probably most importantly, I'm a childhood friend of Ben Kwam. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> I am a childhood friend. I've known Kwam since we were 10 years old. And yeah. I'm not going to tell you my age, but it's more than 30 years. <laughs> I, like, I like to say that we are of a certain age. No. Oh, yeah. yeah like, fine, like, like, like a fine wine. Right? Yes. He does like to say that. Yeah. Well, we keep getting better, too, so may as well age, right? Yeah, and yeah. and full disclosure, uh, Plift and Perfectly Dosed are going to be sponsoring the show, so you're going to hear a whole lot more about that, and uh, I also am am employed there. I think you should sprinkle that. Yeah, just sprinkle that. Hit them genie sprinkles. Sprinkle it. Oh, shit. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Chaos. Whoa. Was that uh, open? That was absolutely, no, it was not. <laughs> there That's, it is. I hear it. That's yeah. the magic, making sure that nothing actually spilled. <laughs> I was about to say Mazel Tov, like he spilled over a plift in be- honor of the. <laughs> Thank God it was closed, though. Yeah, that one's for the homies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, nothing spilled, but I do, uh, I do still work there. So uh, it's kind of fun having uh, my passion and my career intersect with what we're doing here, um, and seeing the uh, ever burgeoning, ever exploding THC market. Yeah, I was standing on the sidelines, really trying to figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to get involved. Um, to the point where I had flown with other friends to other states to try and do some research on dispensaries because I thought maybe that would be my path in. And then uh, Todd and I had reconnected uh, thanks to social media. You know, back in the day when you moved, that was it. Like, yeah, unless right. you were going to be a pen pal, there wasn't really a whole lot of uh, interaction as soon as you were geographically gone from an area. I mean, we did have AOL st- dial up an email. <laughs> yeah. but that was ICQ. Super efficient. Yeah. Little ICQ. Little what was AIM. it? Chat, uh, AIM. Aim. Yep. Yeah. yeah. When did you leave? How old were you when you dipped? Oh, I mean, I, I was here all the way through high school. And then okay, like, like most grownups, I went, you know, away to college. I, I yeah. went and played football in college. And then life 
starts to come at you pretty fast. And you yeah. Todd was a lot better at sports than I was, so he moved to a school that had a better sports program sure. uh, because his his aptitude for sports was much higher. So we needed to show that off, <laughs> which sure. then ended up with him going out of the state for college, and then. But like, yeah, be in our age range, if you left after high school, that would be a pretty clean disconnect. Yep. Other yeah. than, yes, ICQ. Yeah, and I always came home, and I always, yeah. you know, stayed connected to my my people here because, like, this was always home, and I always mm. had a dream and a vision of, at some point, being able to come back and reconnect with my community, the place that raised me, the people who I grew up around and grew up with, right. and do something amazing. Um, I just didn't know what, and it took you know, several years of growing up, several years of trial and error, several years of, you know, other types of business dealings to realize mm-hmm. like this was the passion, this was the calling. And this was an opportunity that I could fundamentally change the way people experience and consume THC, something that, mm-hmm. you know, I'd been doing since, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent since I was like 14. Right. Um, and so, you know, it was, it was all of the, the, the pieces coming together at the exact right moment. And that was it. That was it for me too. Like everything just lined up perfectly. When we started talking, the original context was I was maybe going to help consult. And the more that I heard about it, the more I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. This is, this is absolutely everything that I, I believe in. And I, you know, as much Mm -hmm. as we enjoy uh, consuming alcohol on the show, I had been a little bit disillusioned with, with selling it. I had in one form or another been selling alcohol for 24 straight years. Right. And I just didn't have, I had a passion for good things, but I, I didn't know where I was going to find that fire to keep me going, going out and knocking on doors and, and selling stuff. And it turns out. Yeah, I how just much had runway a, you even had left. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm sure at some point you started to think like, am I really going to be doing this for the rest of my life? Correct. Yeah. And it was literally, it was the first time that I sat and, and talked to Todd. I didn't even, I honestly will admit, I didn't even know that this was really possible. And I heard the passion in his voice, and I trusted the human being behind that passion. And then I met Glenn, the other co-founder, and as soon as we had that discussion, I was like, okay, I texted my wife, like, we're going to make this happen. And full disclosure, I didn't think it was possible either. I thought I was calling Quam to be like, hey, do you know anyone? (laughs) And then the longer I I took with it, the longer he took with it, and I realized now he kind of ghosted me a little bit. And what he was doing was processing. Yeah. Like he was seeing like this thing was really real and there was a real yep. opportunity. And in my impatient mind, I'm like, what the fuck? I thought <laughs> yeah. we were homies. Yeah. But when we came back around, it totally made sense. And yeah. it was like, okay, this is, this should be like, this is, yeah. this is, I don't know if you believe in God or your, you know, whatever deity you believe in. And Kwame and I kind of laugh about this all the time, but it's like, Cthulhu, yeah. it was, it was that deity, that influence that said all these things are lining up mm-hmm. sure. in these this particular order to make this thing happen mm-hmm. you have to have his rainy window moment yep. yeah yeah well, some, played some emotional music or thoughtful yeah. music and just and sat it, by the window for a little while i think there's a lot of people out there listening that that can understand that like there's a little bit of fear involved when you've spent so much of your life like i've been involved sure. in selling alcohol for longer than i haven't and mm-hmm. that was a hard thing to process like okay, I kind of wanted to get out, but then I'm presented with this opportunity before I had really time to process, do I really want to leave this? And that was the bigger thing was like, I'm moving away from something that was very safe for me 
that probably would have always had a paying job and a room for me, no matter how many times I jumped or if I stayed with one company, there was yeah. always going to be that space. And it was the idea of like, can I do this? And really the more that I talked to people about it, it was hearing other people open up about their experiences with maybe changing lifestyles a little bit, like drinking a little bit less, eating a little bit better, bringing these things into it, CBD, THC, all that. It just, it's a little bit more rounded. And the older that we get, we've talked about a lot on this show that we do want to keep taking care of ourselves because you know, that, that machine don't repair itself as well as it used to. You can't just turn it off and turn it on and then have everything be fine again. So it was also the idea of giving people something healthier to move with. And I, I just, the way that this all worked out, it just seems a hundred percent right. And then on top of it, like the fact that after all these years, you and I also kind of see the world the same way. And that's become more and more important to me every year that's gone by. I'd say the same thing about our friendship, Charles. Yep. Uh, we can have a lot of fun, but the whole bedrock of our friendship is based around us seeing the world similarly. Yeah, I mean, like our entire, not our entire, but a main part of our ethos is bringing cannabis to humanity and humanity back to cannabis. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and a lot of times the things that we love or hate get the lines get blurred and we don't get to you know we lose the human aspect of it and at the end of the day we may disagree on something but the reality of it is we're all humans and we all really want the same thing right you know safe place to live quality food you know quality mm -hmm. time with loved ones you know uh, a, a, an income that can sustain ourselves and so on and so forth and so right. like we truly are all about the human side of this business yep. and the accessible side of this business, right? Like if, if every person in this business looks like me or looks like Quam or we've done something wrong, like we want, uh, you know, a company that matches the, the, the outlook of society and the way society looks back at us. And so that takes intention. Um, but you got to start right. with good people that, that, that also see and feel that too, because at the end of the day, we can try to be as diverse as we want to be. But if, the, the person's a super diverse person, but they're a shit bag. <laughs> you know, what have you created? You've created a diverse pile of shit. Well, and that's not cool. And to know, I mean, even just to, for everybody listening, you know, there are, are three very different shades of skin talking right now. And I think the more that people can see that reflected in companies and hear that reflected on shows, I just think it, it mm -hmm. creates, it's, again, it always goes back to a longer table, not higher walls. Well, like, let's get more people to sit at the table and be around, you know? <laughs> and I'm laughing because my whole life I've been the guy that's too black to be white and too white to be black. And my uh, voice and the way I talk, you know, actual, you know. <laughs> proper grammar and whatnot it's funny to hear like because i was like maybe i should probably specify i'm a black founder of a cannabis business because <laughs> yeah. there's not very many of us out there listen there's not a whole lot of us that rocked the bow ties before they came retro cool again and i gotta say that was one of the first things that we connected on it was 1, like i see your fashion my friend yeah, i see 1, your fashion percent i was that started in 2008 for me yeah i uh i was a little well i had one earlier than that but it was 2008 or 2009 before I actually learned how to tie it. I was in a, I was in a, this is a funny story. <laughs> I was in a review for my, my job and my boss calls me in for my annual review. He's like, okay, so what are we going to change about next year? And he's like, change, like, how are we going to do business better? Right. How are we going to be, yeah. you know, more productive or, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to start wearing bow ties. 
<laughs> and he's like, no, asshole, not that. He's a great friend. He's a great friend of mine. But he's like, no, I'm mean, like, how are you going to change? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to start wearing bow ties. Yeah. And I went home over that holiday season. I watched YouTube videos. Yeah. And that's how I learned. And then, you know, changed, you know, 2007 bringing, into 2008. And here we go. I'm bringing a bow tie mentality to this company. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly would get behind that. Yeah. Uh, we, we have a fourth person in this room, uh, Derek owner of Club Caraway and an incredible uh, Atelier Taylor. His fashion sense is impeccable. And so I wanted to, with you here, I wanted to tell the story. My first bow tie, um, I had this idea. We used to go out to Vegas for Make Believe It's New Year's Eve on January 1st. And then the service industry kids would all party together. And everybody had like this special outfit. All the the women that came with us all had these just knockout dresses. And all the guys were like, we got to go in and make sure that we look good. So I bought a tuxedo jacket that I wore with like black dress pants and a dress shirt. And then I had this satin bow tie, but I didn't know how to tie it. So I just left it untied. And when people mm. would, would like, Oh, you're not going to tie your tie. I'm like, no, I was somewhere nicer earlier. And I loved saying that to everybody. <laughs> and it was like just such a, a dumb flex, but it was <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. But then I'm on the plane ride home. And one of my buddies is like, yo, but you know how to tie a tie, right? Like that was funny. But I was like, yeah, of course. And I did the same thing. I, I got my laptop and I opened up YouTube and I sat in my bathroom in the mirror right. for like 30 minutes yeah. until I figured it out. Cause it's the one push through behind that you can never really yeah. see. But once you know how to do it, you, you like I can right. do that in my car without looking in the mirror. One thousand percent. But yeah, that was, it was all because <laughs> I, I went too hard on a joke and then couldn't admit that I didn't know how to do that. So I had to figure it out. I thought you were going to talk about the jacket Derek's making for you for our trip to Europe. We should. We should talk about that. Uh, anybody that is in the Twin Cities area or is even passing through and might come back, uh, the the amount of fabrics and patterns that they have here at Club Caraway is absolutely bar none. And I'm so thankful for Derek for helping me. Like, let's eliminate some things and let's start. Mm. Is this style of jacket? Okay, yeah. these are some things that I think would be dope. <laughs> I'll put a bow on this for you. Yeah. I vowed when I got, you know, beyond bow ties and beyond dressing up and I got into technology and the software space and then I was in the agency space, I vowed I was never going to dress up again. But if I did yeah. dress up, I would come see Derek. Absolutely. If I were going to break yeah. down and dress up move. again, I would come see Derek. That's so he is making me this incredible dinner jacket with these beautiful black satin lapels. Is it he is, going to put ticket pockets on it? This is, I'm, I'm rocking the, oh, yeah. he, are you getting a cell phone pocket on the lapel? <laughs> Uh, so that, but that, that gives you a little bit of insight onto how I used oh, yeah, to, I'm how with the you flex I used to be a part of. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is some beautiful purple velvet, well, I want purple see. velvet baby oh shit and then we got okay. the we got the purple paisley on the inside got a little gold stitching on two of the buttonholes oh, just I mean, for my little good. nod to the minnesota vikings of course <laughs> i was gonna say look at you i'm so excited yeah. i am so excited to put that on i cannot wait i hope someone in Europe doesn't say hey barney yeah or, or grimace <laughs> yeah. <like this. laughs> i forgot about grimace barney just took grimace's thunder <laughs> it's true <laughs> grimace was the barney of our generation yeah he was I don't. Well, he, he wasn't nearly as creepy because he didn't have a super high pitched voice <laughs> yeah. and only play with kids. He just wanted to eat some chicken nuggets, baby. I can yeah. identify with that. I'm here for that. Grimace is still here, though. Barney is since deceased. That is true. Yeah. Is he dead? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Maybe. maybe. Extinct. Somebody could. <laughs> he was a dinosaur, wasn't he? Yeah. He's he's extinct. So it's entirely plausible. <laughs> was. He's extinct. The key word is was. was. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, I feel like we should roll into this, but maybe we should talk about what, Charles, what you poured in the glasses here. Oh. 
Uh, I had a bottle of, I didn't bring anything with me, but I have a locker here at Club Caraway, and I had a bottle of uh, Weller Antique 107 mm, baby. tucked away in there. That's just one of my like special nippers that I pull out on special occasions. And then I was like, you know what? Let's drink some antique. Why not? So we're drinking Weller Antique 107. I have to admit, if you said, do you want to see my special nippers? I would not expect a bottle of Weller Antique to come out. Oh, were you disappointed when I said that earlier? <laughs> I'm very thrilled about it. I just hadn't heard that term for it. We're not we're not rolling video, but you can't yeah. see that that Charles is sitting with his special nippers up. Yep. Yeah. Full nips. We'll upload the security cam footage later. Mm-hmm. And given that we're talking about God, that's so good. It is really good. Uh, a yeah. little little Pliff sponsorship. Oh. oh, you know what that is? That's the sound of juicy grapefruit, baby. Hey, hey, I've been calling it juicy G to anyone who wants juicy it. G. Juicy G. I'm into that, man. She's hey, banging in the streets. Not, not, not juicy J. For all you three six mafia fans, juicy G. Uh, three six, the last group I saw before the shutdown. Dude, didn't Gangsta Boo die? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, last year, right? Yeah. Oh, R.I.P. Gangsta Boo. Tragic. Tragic. Yeah. Juicy grapefruit is spectacular. I it's one so good. last night. It's like, and we were talking about this. I was texting you last night. When you crack it, the smell of grapefruit that perfumes the general vicinity is just stellar. It's got a real nose on it. Oh, it's so wild. Oh, my God. It's pure grapefruit. I love watching people when they crack the can. I'll I'll ask them to open it and then just smell. And just their face. Everybody smiles. Closes their eyes like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's so tasty. It's going to be a good summer. It is going to be a good summer. Yeah. Uh, it, It slaps. It, it does, in fact, slap. <laughs> it might even fuck. It probably does. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Someone's going to fuck on this. Something, something, <laughs> no cap, FRFR. FR. <laughs> Other things that kids say. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my, as you're well aware, I have two teenage daughters, so mm. this is an ongoing occasion. So <laughs> I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on what's, what's trending. It's, I, have okay. a, I have a chat thread with two of my friends, and they just teach me their kids' lingo. It's amazing. Hilarious. Some of it... Kind of great. Some of it, terrible. Oh, Some of we it's were so terrible. At my wife's birthday at Elusive by Dashfire last Saturday here in Minneapolis, we had a conversation about this at the end of the night, and someone told us that the kids now say merch. Do you know what merch means? Oh, boy. Apparently, that's what you say if it's like it's like saying no cap. Like or oh yeah, yeah, you're saying merch means like show me the receipts. <laughs> like yeah. that's fucking awful. That's, yeah, that's not stupid. gonna last. That's, that's a stretch. terrible. That's a stretch. That's so bad. Merch. Yeah, that's that's no, no thank you. I think It'll I just a, spent too long in in the music industry for me to ever see merch as anything but the way that the band and gets t-shirts. paid. Yeah. yeah, you're like single screen tees. What are you talking yeah, about? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Quam. Yes. Number one. Sorry, hold on. I just got. It's all good. I just got a, a text from a future guest, <laughs> confirming a Tuesday recording. Okay. <laughs> and of course, like right when I opened up my phone, I accidentally tapped it, so I had to get back to it. All right, Todd. Yes. It's Saturday morning, and you're a kid. Okay. Uh huh. You wake up, and miraculously, your room is clean, the lawn is mowed, all the chores are done. Your parents are like, "Hey." You did a great job apparently doing this in the middle of the night. You got the whole <laughs> morning to do whatever you want. What is your dream scenario as a kid for Saturday morning? Can I, can, okay, this is a great question, but I need to ask, uh, uh, yeah. is, how old of a kid am I? You could pick. Okay, okay, now, 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 now we're working. Okay. You're like so imagining this, right? I'm going, I'm going back to when I was a grade school kid, yep. so yep. probably third, second, third, fourth grade, somewhere in there, maybe fifth. And okay. I'm good to go for the day. 
I'm jumping on my bike, and I'm going to the old-fashioned donut shop in Golden Valley, so off of Douglas Drive, Mm -hmm. and I'm pulling up to the little bar right there, and I'm crushing a few donuts, probably with one of the homies (laughs) from the neighborhood. Yeah. And then from there, if it's the summer, I'm probably going to ride over to one of my guys' house, and then we're likely going to Crystal Pool. Ooh. We're going to pull up on the pool all day. And so, Okay, now, is the donut the only food that you're having that day? No, I mean, I'll probably, like, it's, here's the thing about that whole neighborhood and, like, that area is there's probably going to be some baseball games going on, so you could always pull up on the baseball field over there at the time and grab some hot dogs or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I know that I'm starting my day with donuts. Oh, like, like and, and, like, at, back then, it was like, what, what's protein? <laughs> you know, so I wasn't, I wasn't. Definitely not thinking about a balanced meal. No, very important question. What's the go-to donut? Oh, God. See, I knew you were going to ask. <laughs> so there's, I have a couple. Okay. So, and seeing as this is my Saturday yeah. off, I can get into whatever I want. I'm definitely doing a German chocolate from there. Ooh, okay. An apple fritter. Probably a blueberry cake. And then probably mm. like either a traditional old-fashioned or a chocolate old-fashioned. Mm. Does this place still exist? I don't know, to okay. be honest. I, yeah. I, what was the name of it? Years. Old what? Fashioned Donut. Old Fashioned Donut Shop. So oh, that's what it's it called. Okay. Douglas, and I forget what the cross street was. Douglas and Bassett Creek Drive, maybe? Yeah. Um, so it was it. right on the corner of, there was a Tom Thumb there. There was like a uh, like a dry cleaner. If you know where mm. Sandberg Elementary was, which you probably do, maybe. Um, it was right over there. So Okay. That was my old. That was my old stomping ground. As a, Given the I surroundings, I would. I'm gonna guess it closed, and yeah. that made me. That made me just go uh, straight. Still open. Oh really? Opens at five thirty a.m. tomorrow. Oh what? shit! And hey. they open butt ass early. Yeah, that's, that's, that's wow. real donut right there. Yeah, yeah. I might have shit. to pull up. Tomorrow. I was just gonna say, man. I might have to pull up. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to. You just put that in your own brain. Yeah, you're yeah. you're exactly. in town for like twenty or thirty total hours. I feel like that's a must. And I haven't. I haven't been to that place since i was probably 10 dude i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not telling you what to do i'm just saying you could bring a box of the old school goodness home and share it with the fans. Well, I got to go straight to New York from here. So the, the, there's, no, there's, no, there's no way those fucking donuts no. make it back to home. No, 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 no. There's zero chance. However, nor would the New Yorkers be impressed. When I'm, when I'm, coming, actually, the New Yorkers would be impressed. You think so? Because these donuts are those donuts that aren't too sweet. Also, all you got to do is tell them how much they cost, and New Yorkers are going to be like, "What? You could get donuts for that cheap?" Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm curious to know because back then those donuts were super cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Crystal Pool. All right, mm. now this is like third, fourth grade. Are you fifth, probably fifth? Okay, so are we are we looking for girls or one, is one it thousand? Like who you can shove in the pool? And <laughs> well, I mean, it's probably who I'm shoving in the pool, but they're definitely <laughs> yeah. It's that's one and the same. Like bro. like I I had I had a couple friends. Shout out to Ross and Reggie McPipe. Um, I, that's I was, a made up name. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. And those were the, those were my guys. So we were definitely finding our way to probably go play some baseball, probably go to the pool, you know, maybe go play some basketball. But it's like, I mean, to, I was just telling you guys outside, like this is why people deal with Minnesota winters, weather yeah. like today. And if, if I can get anything yes. like this, you know, a little bit warmer in the summer, I'm, I'm outside. Like, you know how the kids, like, they, they say now, hey, uh, 
Hey, I was outside. No, I was really outside yep, for absolutely. real. For real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're of the age that we were outside. Outside, kids. we were outside kids. You yeah. can't. You could come home when the streetlights turned on. That was. If really I was cool. home during the day, it's because I wanted to play some video games. Yeah. Otherwise, I was just outside. Or it was oppressively hot, and you just wanted to sit up under the AC. Oh, I was still. Yeah, I was still. I, was outside. Little, I did I was too, and then I found my way to the AC. Yeah, well, I'm, yeah. I'm with you on that. Hey, I yeah, pressed my you, face up against a fan for yeah, about I was ten ask minutes. You, did, you guys, did you guys lay on the vent? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I I continue that. Uh, the first house that my wife and I owned together when we were still dating uh, was a 1907 old school plaster and lathe house, yeah. and uh, we eventually got a f- like full central air. But at the time, we only had a window unit. And I had that thing. It was directly behind where I sat on the couch, and I had it so cold that my uh, my sweat crystallized on the, on the back of my hair. Oh, it was literally nice and icy. Yeah, it was yeah. literally icy. My shit was ice. My drip was icy. Yeah, literally, hey, hey, kids are going nuts right now for that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. that thing was malfunctioning in the best way. Yes, yeah, this isn't supposed to work this way, but no. I like it. But I'll take it. Yeah, it had Freon in it for sure. Yeah. By the way, let's talk about how toxic Freon is. <laughs> so fast. Is this your villain origin story? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of them, but yeah. that's Mr. Freeze? Mr. Freeze. It's ice <laughs> to see you. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Awad, what's your, what's your dream scenario? How old are you and what are you doing? You really just got to like shoot from the hip with a question like this because you got to just transport yourself in the moment. Like, what would I? And man, when you said the riding the bike to the bakery, bikes are definitely involved. Mm-hmm. I went right when you said that it transported me back to uh, in Northeast Minneapolis on 22nd and Washington. There used to be this bakery called Blackie's and it was fucking dope, at least to a nine year old. Right. So me and my little buddy, it was equidistant. So his house was on that side in Northeast and my house was on that side. Basically, we would meet at Blackie's in the middle. And you called each other on a landline. Absolutely. Hey, hey, what's then, up? You up? Oh, and if, and if he's and if he wasn't there, then he was lost to me for yep. the next yeah. day because there's no way for me to contact him yep. unless I went to his house and asked his mom where the fuck he ended up. Yep. But I'm gonna say I wake up, I catch me an episode of TMNT. I'm eating scrambled eggs with garlic scapes, yogurt, and flatbread, which is a very Lebanese thing. Then I'm popping on the bike. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling my parents, yeah, I'm just going to go down to Logan Park a couple blocks away, but I'll probably ride through downtown, cause some trouble, try to catch a bird. And then I'm going to loop back around and either shoot hoops with my friends or play street football. Because mm. we used to play street football, uh, pretend to get our feet ran over by passing cars. Um, that was, yeah, we'd probably go somewhere and like climb something we weren't supposed to. I had like a little gang and I was a gang leader. Like all the neighborhood kids, there was like, a dozen of us, and we like, all had gangs, Charles. Well, gang, yeah, gang. no, we all did. But <laughs> so I had all the all all the kids would follow me like little ducklings, and we'd ride our bikes down the street, and we'd go like climb shit and go places you're not supposed to go, like you know Goonies shit. There was uh, I lived right down the street from a place called the Casket Company. It's now a big art house. Mm-hmm. They converted it into a bunch of studios. Do they see dead people there? Well, we thought, when we were kids, we thought that, like, there were bodies in those caskets. No, they were manufacturing caskets, but that was, like, the shit you'd say to each other. Like, you know that place is full of dead bodies, right? So it sort of had this haunted aesthetic where we were scared of it, and it was this old-ass northeast industrial building. And there was a water tower in the back. Well, like a smokestack, not mm-hmm. a water tower, like a smokestack. And it had the old, like, wrought iron rungs on it. And I remember when we were, like, little, little, we'd always say, like, go climb it. I bet you wouldn't climb it. 
and like nobody would climb it. But I remember one the day that I finally climbed it. And it's not treacherous; it's an actual like sturdy ladder on it. But that was like I think that's what made me the leader of the gang was that I climbed to the top and I went boop and touched the top and then climbed back down and I just put my arms out. Like, <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> I'm the captain now. <laughs> But <laughs> we'd always be getting into some shit like that, you know, like shooting. <laughs> we'd be making homemade uh, nunchucks and fighting each other in the middle of the street. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you use your imagination, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, any any combination of these things. But those were those were the days. Quan, what about you? Well, all right, so I'm getting up, and I'm for sure going to crush, like, a Tupperware bowl of probably Cheerios at the time. Yeah. And I'm going to try and get some G.I. Joe in. Probably going to watch some Transformers. Nothing wrong with any of these things no. so far. I'm all about that. Like, I, I, I still to this day, like, it's... I still watch I'm not, cartoons. So. I'm not up at, like, butt crack, let's go. Like, I'm yeah. like, all right, we're going we're gonna to slow roll this. Give me a minute. Yep. So I'll watch that. And then by the time I know, my friends are also up and have eaten breakfast and whatnot. Jumping on the bike. I had the Peugeot uh, BMX-style bike. What do you have? The Silver Bullet. I had just probably some knockoff brand shit. Yeah. I don't remember, but... Uh, we had, yeah, we always had cheap bikes and they always got stolen and then we get more I had cheap a Huffy bikes. Sigma until I finally Ooh. got a Dino Comp. The Dino, man, that was, yeah. that shit was really Yeah, we just weird. had like uh, Kmart brand sure. bikes and they would get stolen all the yeah, time. Yeah, of course they did. <laughs> I mean, like, that's the whole thing is like, why did you have a nice bike? Sorry, Quam. But, <laughs> yeah. but the Peugeot, I, I remember the, I know that bike. Yeah. The chrome Peugeot. Absolutely. Like the either was written in navy or black. It was on the, black. On the frame. Yep. Yeah, I know exactly. That know was that my bike. jammy jam. So I hop on the bike, I cruise up to uh, Kenny's Market, uh, which is now uh, a restaurant called Book Club, Um, but I cruise up there, and I'm assuming if chores are done that I got some allowance money, so I got a couple bucks, and I'm going to buy a couple packs of baseball cards, and then I'm going to buy whatever's left, I'm going to buy that many of the 10 cent Jolly Rancher blades. Yep. You know, they're about like four oh, or five inches good. long. You suck flat. it long enough, you can turn into a shit. Turn into a prison shit. The Jolly yeah. Rancher yeah. straight razor. Yep. Yep. Straight so rancher. Grab that, and then I'd probably <laughs> head over to either Nathaniel or Brent Frankowski's house uh, because they both had Nintendos. And then we would probably open up the baseball cards and go through them, figure out who had what, who was missing what. We did a lot of trading back in the day. Mm-hmm. Right. Make sure that we all had full sets. And then, for sure, we'd get yelled at because we try and play Nintendo, but we hadn't been outside for long enough. So we jump on our bikes, and we go around Lake Harriet, and then basically just throw rocks into the water. It was probably the most crazy activity at the time. Uh, maybe, maybe throw shit at the lifeguards at the beach. We'd yeah. love to do that. I was just going to say, how annoyed would we be now as adults if kids did the shit that oh we my did God. when we were kids? We'd be like, get the fuck out what of are you here. Doing? You're just throwing <laughs> rocks? Well, we'd all be taking pictures and videos and exactly. then crying exactly. foul. We'd be all a, a bunch of Karens. Yeah. So then we'd roll back to Brent's house and we'd probably play like Super Mario, Contra. Contra, you got it. Contra. Ikari Warriors down, was down, a big AB, thing for AB, us. left, right. Oh, yeah. On, Ninja Gaiden. I want some Ninja Gaiden. Ninja Gaiden wasn't fun for two people. It was great yeah. if you, like, playing it on your own, but it was really Plus, boring. take turns. Yeah, that's, I would, fuck that. I don't want to do like that. Like a man too, take turns. <laughs> I'll play that at home. Uh, and then we so get. Contra was the game. Were you red or blue? I was always blue. Blue, yeah. For sure blue. All right. See, we wouldn't have been able to play that together <laughs> See, either. There you go. And then we get, we get kicked out because Brent's mom always made dinner early. So we get kicked out. And then I'd cruise home. And if there was still time, uh, we had 
a bunch of kids of varying ages on our block, but we were all within about four years of each other. And the only thing we ever did together, it's, I don't know, I'm looking back on it, it's so strange because we never really hung out, but we would play full block jail tag. Yeah, see, yeah. I, I was going to say, you probably play like uh, jail tag or, you know, ghost come on at night. Yeah, all, like all of those games, it always ended up being, we tried a bunch of other ones, it always mm. ended up being jail tag was the one. <laughs> and you could use anyone's yards and you could use... Uh, you just couldn't go across the street. You could go into the street. You could lay under cars, which <laughs> brilliant. Safety first. Uh, yeah, but that was that was it. And we would literally play until the moms started yelling everybody's names, and you'd hear them all mm. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they called each other or if it was like when one heard one mom, then everybody else would start yelling. But you just hear everybody's names, and then if you didn't come fast enough, then you'd hear the full first name, full middle name. And was that was it, when, like, was we got it sundown or lights, street lights up? It was usually some combination of that. They were a little bit more lenient. If we, if I was on my bike at somebody else's house, it was the street lamps. So when they started powering up, you knew you had to bike your ass home. Um, but if we were just in the on the block, then it just it was more a factor of like when dinner was ready. Yeah. Uh, but we would play until everybody got yelled at, and then everybody go in, and then watch whatever was on that night and. And crash out. What are you watching? You watching uh, American Ninja at night back then? A team. I was always watching. I was always watching. Uh, I don't remember what was on. Saturday well, if I was watching with my friends, we were Saturday always watching had good shows though back then. Yeah. Martial arts movies during the day with my friends. If we were going to go inside, we would watch I'm Van Damme or something. I don't. I really don't remember. Kickboxing. Steven Seagal. Yeah. Oh, for sure. They don't like them then, and definitely death, don't bro. like them now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I remember Screwface. Mark for death. Oh my god, yeah. The Jamaican dude. dude. That he always had, elevator shaft. He always <laughs> had the worst names in his movies. The titles of his movies were always just fucking rotten. Oh, uh, <laughs> go, go screw face. Like those first three movies were absolute canon for me. Uh Mark for Death Above the Law and Out f- Out for Justice. Uh-huh. The one with the pool, the yeah. pool ball and the handkerchief. Mm-hmm. That's still like I remember standing up and cheering when I saw that. I thought that if, was if it came thing. on right now, you'd watch it. Yeah? Damn right, of course. Yep, me too. I mean, I'm not supporting him clearly, <laughs> but that movie is badass. Yeah. Speaking of donuts, yeah, because a fucking donut, right? Ugh. Gordon Ramsay might say. <laughs> All right. Well, shit. Cheers. Shit. Cheers. Thank you again for busting out this welly. This is incredible. Cheers, yeah, to the, is. cheers to the good old days. We have a we have a liquor store near my house, and I'm on a group text with. Of course, this is something that dudes in their 40s give a shit about. Yeah. Dudes in their 20s would never care, but they text and like, "Hey, Ryman's has Wellers." Oh yeah, and everyone yeah. just runs out of their house. Got on your bikes? Doing, Y'all got on your bikes? Yeah, everybody yeah. gets on their bikes. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, and they're like, "Oh no, but it's a it's it's one bottle per person or two bottles per person." Yeah. So, oh, don't worry, I sent my wife in right behind me. <laughs> yeah, that, that's yeah. that's how we're doing it now. <laughs> Game in the system, baby. That's mm. what we do. Exactly. All right. Todd, if there was one thing that everyone knew about you without explanation, what would that one thing be? Ooh, one thing that you would have people know about you without you needing to explain it to them. Shit. God, that's a hard question, man. One thing you can think about that if you want. Like mm-hmm. we, we can go if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Let me think about that. That's a that's a big question. Mm. Oh man, I've been torn on two answers for this as oh, I yeah. normally am. But uh I think more my ADHD isn't that hard to explain. I most people get that at this point. I think the thing that I wish more people really could understand is how 
like the depth of my love for music. Because I always have people be like, oh, not if they listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love when people are like, oh, I love music too. I'm like, I, mm, you don't understand what I'm trying to say to you. Mm. Like, I want the Ron Swanson breakfast amount of music's playing in my head at all times. And it's, it's tough because like most people are like, oh, a concert would be fun. And that's the closest thing that I have to church, which I've said on here before. And I love at various stages in my life, my closest friends have almost all of them have at one point or another been like, dude, I think I finally get it now. Like we've been friends for 15 years and you finally just understand it right now. But it's, I mean, it's, there's, there's a level of obsession to it. There's a level of uh, need for it. And there's a level of comfort that comes with it. That's all just sort of mixed in there. And I think you could probably find some pretty loose metaphors for the way that I care about the people that I love, the way that I care about what I'm doing for a living, the way that I, I can't just have a job that isn't also a part of me because my favorite art is viewed through me. Like songs can be great, but if you really want me to explain why a song is great, it will be how it's some, interpreted some, by you through me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's through my prism that I, I can actually explain why I love something. I'm not just like, that's a good song. Cause the chord structure is neat. Yeah, I don't really, you're, you're probably one of the only people I know that probably loves music more than I do. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a big audiophile and I yeah. will give that, I will give you your, your flowers to that. <laughs> like, you're very much an audiophile. I also remind people that I'm allowed to be that because, like, we don't have kids. I have so much extra time that would be taken up by by caring for somebody else. Uh, it's awesome as, when as your kid. kids come along with you, though. Dude, it's rad. And, like, I mean, the fact that I have, I have a niece and I have some friends' kids now who share their playlists with me and we, we, we trade songs. And I'm like, dude, tell me what you're listening to because I don't, I don't pay attention to, like, the newest up and coming stars, but it's not because they're not making good music now. It's I because will, you're, you're overloaded. You got um, a lot. Yeah. You and I, I already have the things that I'm searching for. So, mm. you know, if you got something rad that you want to pitch my way, great. And then maybe we can figure it out. Like, I think I'm just about to the point where I understand post Malone. I'm not saying I'm a fan, but like, okay, I get it. Like, all right. Uh, Billy Eilish was one that I kind of got right away. I was like, okay, I see why you're a thing. Um, like that's that's the kind of stuff where I, I just want somebody to show me your world, you know. So what are you listening to right? when you got out of your car today? What were you listening to? Uh, <laughs> uh, when I got out of my car today, I was listening to there are some new punk and pop punk bands that are seventeen, eighteen, nineteen years old that are making music uh, that sounds like it did in the mid to late nineties, and I'm fascinated by it. Mm, so young kids making old music, correct? Mm-hmm. But all of their lyrics are a lot more socially conscious. Uh, there's a lot more room for uh, women and non-binary people in the scene. Um, I remember back then, the first musicians that I ever heard talk about um, uh, like spousal abuse and, and uh, sexual abuse in songs were punk songs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that. But that said, there wasn't ever a door that was opened for, for like female front women to, to, to lead the charge, you know? I think probably by and large across the country, like Paramore was sort of the one that mm. broke the wall down, but it still took years and years to really have. Now, if you look at it, there's a ton of groups right. of, of every, every race, creed, gender, everything. And I love that because what, they, what they're doing with their lyrics is 
opening everything up so much bigger. You know, it's not just all fart and dick jokes like the old Blink-182 days, which, don't get me wrong, were plenty of fun back then, but it's nice having shit like that. So that's, I've been listening to a lot of that, and then I've been trying to get into a little bit more of, like, the modern diaspora of uh, reggaeton. Oh, yeah. Um, Just really, like... You're listening to Chronics? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Chronics is great. I, I brought him back yesterday. I was listening to him on my on my car ride, and I was like, God, I forgot how much I love There's this guy. There's two Chronic songs on my current jams playlist right yeah. now. Mm-hmm. That's that's also cool because now you're now it's not even viewed through the American um, music system. You know, now this is culturally sprung from something very different from what we've agreed a pop song is. Yeah, and it's fascinating for me because it's it's key changes, it's rhythm changes, it's melodies that are different than what I'm used to. And hearing these different patterns and starting to find them and pick up on it is really rewarding as as a, a longtime music listener. Yeah, it's, that- it's stretching it's stretching my boundaries orally. A u r a l y. Orally, uh, it's just it's allowing me to hear other things, and now I'm starting to crave more and more and more. Um, Cornelius, I've talked about on the show before. Cornelius is a one man instrumentalist from Japan. Like he just put out a new album not too long ago, and it fucks with me because it's two thousand, five thousand, seven thousand years of a completely different melodic scale expressing itself through a single multi-instrumentalist it's fascinating to me because i'm like i don't i don't even understand this right now but i think i really like it and it's kind of like working out like it just feels good to like push your brain a little bit Mm -hmm. uh so i have an answer oh yeah yeah i have an answer you do yeah i do go for it so the, the, the first thing that i would want people to know that they may not know obviously is like i'm a huge sneakerhead, and it's not just because i just love sneakers but i love like the history of sneakers but that's not yeah. really it. I okay. think the bigger thing that I wish people knew is I think I'm, I will, I'm more of an ambervert than I think I used to give myself credit for. And not a lot I, of people I, use I, that I, word. I have a huge personality. I'm a big time extrovert. Mm. But what I've learned as I've gotten older is that that can only go so far and that there's time where I just need to go quiet and retreat and recharge. And it's, it's interesting. Like it's been this learning over the last, you know, handful of years where I really started to get it. And it was probably years and years of like going out and hanging out and being out and being in the scene and talking, talking, talking and sharing, sharing, sharing that I realized that I get really fucking tired of that. And so when I can have a time to be quiet or to relax or to kick back and, listen to music or do some writing or just do some thinking. Um, it's pretty life-changing. And so I think that that's probably one thing. Cause I think if you asked around, you know, people would probably say, Oh, he's a huge personality and he's always, uh, he's always outgoing and mm. this and the other, but there's, there's a lot of times when I'm just like, where can I go hide? Yeah. Um, and you know, as you get older, you appreciate, quote unquote hiding a bit more sure i feel that or you're like in in the instance of my own life i think i just became a little more cognizant of the fact that i'm a i'm like a 75 25 or 70 30 ambivert yeah in, in the outgoing versus introversion yeah. scale but i just didn't i never did the math i didn't realize that like i'd go hard for a lot of days and evenings and weekends and just out with friends and barbecuing and going to bars and stuff but then 
I didn't really chalk up those hours where I was sitting on the couch cross-legged with my cat in my lap, like listening to music or like playing a video game and just like yeah, the phone's home. upside down on mute and I, I didn't want anything. That's me recharging the batteries. Yeah, and where I've started to really learn it and feel it more is in building this business and building these companies. Like I love nothing more than telling the story of why we're building this company. Like I love it and yeah. I love to see people's faces and reactions when we tell it and it comes from this place of true like authenticity. But when I cannot have to tell it and I can go sit and just not have to worry about it. Right. Like that also feels incredible mm. because it recharges me for the next round of telling it. For sure. For and sure. I never put it on a percentage scale. Like I yeah. think that's a more brilliant way to do it. Cause it's like, I'm not an extrovert. I'm not an introvert, but I'm like, on this sliding scale of sure. yeah, and we all are. Yeah, you know, no one's a hundred percent. But I think I think age gives you the ability to be introspective enough to say, you know what, I'm, I'm not all or nothing. Right, I'm sliding, and this week I'm you know eighty one way, twenty the other. But next week I might mm-hmm. just be twenty eighty. I'll agree with right. you with a qualifier that age gives you that opportunity if you choose to listen to yourself for sure 1000 percent. that's one of the things that we've talked about a lot in this show mm-hmm. is is the never-ending quest to understand myself more whether that's my mm-hmm. physical body or my brain or how i relate to the world if if you choose not to look at any of that you'll never grow well but here's the reality of that ben and i appreciate that and you and i've had this conversation a bunch of times is that Our moms and our parents' generation, being introspective and, you know, understanding what was going on in your brain, a.k.a. mental health, mm-hmm. was frowned upon. Absolutely. And, like, right. I'm like, everyone should have a therapist. I had this conversation yeah. with my mom a couple weeks ago. I'm like, Mom, everyone has a therapist. Both my daughters have it. She's like, why do they need therapists? I'm like, because they need a yes. place to go unload in a safe space that doesn't include us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, that type of muscle and that type of quote-unquote conditioning is what gets you to this point where you can have an honest conversation with yourself like hey my cup is this full today or my cup is this empty today and what does that mean to me and how can I yeah show up for myself I had that conversation with my therapist because she recently asked me like if you could talk to yourself when you were younger like what kind of conversations you would have because I'm learning to be more like kinder to myself Uh right because also I learned when I was a kid like you can't be kind to yourself and I told her that if I spoke to myself even in my 20s even into my 30s I could not tell myself go to therapy because my younger self would have laughed at me Mm -hmm. right so it's it it took a long time to get to that point but it's great that now we're raising generations that we're teaching them it's okay to like learn oneself and to care for oneself and to express oneself. Frankly, to, caring for yourself is the only way you can truly care for others. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. There's, you know, the old notion, you can't love anyone else until you learn to love yourself. Right. Exactly. So that's it. That's, that's yeah. what I would like yeah, yeah. people to know. I like I it. Love that. I like it. Dr. Uh, Charles. Uh, mine's simple, but um, important. Nonetheless, it's fundamental. It plays well with others. My entire life, People who have just met me or have um, observed me from distance observe me to be, like, angry or <laughs> unfriendly. But most of the time, I'm neither of those things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've even had misunderstandings with people that I've been getting to know, and they're like, I can't get a read on you. Like, 
I'm like, well, you know, I'm not super smiley, and I also look like a cartoon villain. So I think that maybe that has a little <laughs> That's something. A fact. Has a little something Dude, to do with beard, it. That beard is nuts. I say this every <laughs> time I see you. That beard is fucking awesome. And it's in and it's in goblin mode right now. Yeah, so it's, it's absolutely just, it's, it's out mode. of control. But there's two sides to that coin. The one side of the coin is that um, I don't want people to get the wrong impression about me that like I'm an unfriendly person. And also at my age, I am still and will forever be the kind of person that likes to make new friends. That's just part of. It's a great quality, though. It's like central to me as a human being. I'm always making new friends. Um, Every year that passes, I'm like, maybe I won't have the opportunity to make friends anymore because I'm aging and, you know, I more meet people around my age and then they're not quite as willing to make friends. But if you can use this club as an example, every person that becomes a member of Club Caraway and ends up within our ecosystem here and spends time with me, I'm like, boom, we're friends. Mm-hmm. You're my friend now. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting that you say that you're making new friends, but you also learn that there's seasonality to friendship absolutely and that there are people that were great friends in a season of your life right that in this season there's just not space for them it's not that you don't sure. care about them it's not that you don't love them or like them anymore but where you're going there's just not a space for them right but that creates a space for that new friendship absolutely right and the more you again the more you know yourself the more you're able to attract and be attracted to people that you think that are probably going to just work better in your life. That doesn't mean being exclusive and having like this finite number of, of, of likes, dislikes and values that the other person has. But I think sort of intrinsically or subconsciously, we begin to understand more and more what it takes to have like a lasting friendship with somebody. Mm -hmm. So of course there's an attrition rate that happened you know, when you're in your teens and 20s and you have your friends that you, like, party hard with, and then a few years pass and you get your fully developed prefrontal cortex and you're like, why was I friends with that guy? Because we both like alcohol and weed? Like, that's when you're like... Or because they wouldn't tell you to stop? Like, right, that, we're nothing you know, alike, yeah. you know? We're not, we, we don't, just, it's really easy we don't to even get out. along. Like, <laughs> it's easy to hang out with people that give you a green light when you're just, like... To be just degenerate. Getting crazy, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm 100% a part of that. There's surprising no one there's uh, a song that a friend of mine uh sent me uh, probably six months ago now uh the artist is uh cat burns she's like a singer songwriter and she's got a song called we're not kids anymore and that's what it's about it's about shit i you know i really kind of thought when we met that we'd be friends forever but mm. there's no reason <laughs> for us to be friends and that's okay because we're not kids anymore. We're not just, like, hanging out with everybody all the time. Yeah, you don't have to rage quit. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. it, it was, like, a really beautiful, thoughtful way of putting that, that, like, mm. this is okay. Yeah. And it's, it's you, can, you can mourn something without, without wishing that it was still going on. Yeah. You can say, oof, that, that was tough, but it is what it is. And I, I'm happy for the time that we spent, and I Absolutely. wish you nothing but the best. Yeah, you can appreciate that passing season, but, yeah. you know, now I got to winterize my home, so fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way, I do have a friend who he's still, like, he's he's forever on the ship. You know, he's like that castaway who, for some odd reason, just fucking hides in the lifeboat every time. But it, it, he's just got a place <laughs> in my life. He's very funny. He's very comical. But he gave me the nickname Bob Vila. 
because I was married way before any of my other friends. And you're like, Yo, every time I call you on a fucking Saturday, bro, you're doing something in your yard. You're fixing your fence. You're painting your fence. You're mowing. You're mulching. He's like, Yo, you are Bob Vila. I love and it. And I'm like, you know what? I fuck with it. I like, yeah, man. I mean, just go too. Todd Vila, man. Yeah, Todd Vila. That was before I could afford to have a dude come cut my grass. And now I'm like, listen, I got a lawnmower and I should cut it. I really should have my kids fucking cut Yes, it. you should. Yeah, it's about time, right? More kids cutting lawnmowers. Hey, but you know what? If I'm being super honest, like, they would get in a fight over who got to push the mower first. Fair. And someone's cutting their foot off. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's just for that yeah. headache alone. Oh, like, you kids are too what? eager to do your lawn work. No, what it is is, like, nice. the, neither one of them are eager to do shit. Yeah. It's the moment that the other one says they're going to do it. The yeah. other one wants to, like, That's fair. I'm going to do it. I'm like, yeah. you, weren't, you didn't even think about this until your sister said she was going to do some shit. That's kids what it won, though. Maybe you got to give them options. It's like. Picking a weapon in a video game. Wait you got till the you meet my kids, Charles. You're gonna say <laughs> the weed whacker. The second, <laughs> the second you see my daughters, yeah. you're gonna say, "I get it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I totally get what he's talking about." You know, it's funny. Like, I'm nodding along because yeah. I've seen your daughters, and I'm like, "Yeah, no, yeah." But, but like, they're amazing girls, and they're like brilliant. But both of them be like. My oldest daughter would quickly come up with a reason and an equation on why she shouldn't be anywhere near a lawnmower. Yeah. My youngest would be like, yeah, I should probably do it, but Avery's not doing it. And I'm like, you know what? Whatever. <laughs> call, call Chris Miller from Miller Lawns. There you go. <laughs> Hit him up. Quam, also, I uh, sent you a playlist. while we I, I'm very excited. I've already... Uh, By the way, I have a playlist on. for you I'm going to share because it right. just was shared with me. Like, I was having this conversation with a group of colleagues last week, mm-hmm. and we're talking about music. And someone sent me a playlist. I haven't even had a chance to listen to it, but it was like the roller rink. Oh, hell yeah. And I'm super intrigued Let's by go. what oh, could be on okay. this thing. Okay, that sounds fun. Yeah. That would take re- me back because yeah. that's one of the places I might have gone when I was yep. a kid. Shout out to Roller Gardens. Roller Gardens. Yeah, bro, man. With the, with the dinosaur out Yes, front. with the giant, the giant brontosaurus. Cheapskate yeah. was my joint. Cheapskate, Cheapskate was, was also too, yeah. Brooklyn Park. Yeah, uh, and I mine think, was in Northeast on Central. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Cheapskate. to uh, to DJ Flash. I think he's still rocking Cheapskate. Like he's Bro, been. I used to fuck with Cheapskate. Yeah, man. Oh yeah, those were. That's the funny you, thing about Roller that's where you take a girl though, is that Roller Garden and Cheapskate, yeah. especially the one the roll the Cheapskate off of eighty one. Mm-hmm. You and I both know mm-hmm. that the 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 audience in that Cheapskate. Versus the patrons in Cheapskate versus the patrons in Roller Garden were two different worlds. Wildly different. <laughs> like if I was trying to, if I was trying to go to see Suburban Hopkins, I was definitely going to Roller Garden. Mm-hmm. If okay. I was trying to, if I was trying to get with Robbinsdale, play a little bit more hip hop, I was mm-hmm. definitely going. Yeah. To see, Cheapskate was like if my life was like a shoot off, like an offshoot of uh, Say by the Bell. That was uh, like oh, the yeah. max, right? You'd go yep. there. Yeah, but like oh, you get over your Northeast, big, though. You get your big jazz cup uh, oh, yeah. full of soda, and you'd bring a girl there and pay her two fifty so she get some little roller skates on, and then teach her how to roller skate. Snowball. <laughs> that was so. That was my thing. Is I I never went. I always went yeah. to go scope. Uh, and if the song like because you know I knew all the lyrics and I could sing decently, so if there was like a like a slow jam, then it was like skate out, find a girl, and just like kind of serenade her while you're skating. If I didn't like the music, which was a lot more at Roller Gardens, <laughs> if I didn't like the music, then I'd say fuck it. I'm still wearing roller skates, by the way, and I just go and I play either Double Dragon or Spy Hunter. Oh yeah, they had both. Oh, in 1942. Yeah, and I just pump quarters into those until the next jam came on, and then I would straight up just leave it. I just go out hey, there. They also had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the game at all those places. Man, time. 
time travel. Time travel, shit. baby. Yeah. In my brain. Or, not TMS Turtles in time. Turtles. Yeah, but I'm saying time travel in my brain. Yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> the arcade, the tacky ass carpet. Like, why was it carpeted? Purple and turquoise. Yeah. Like, all black. you sell is sticky shit. <laughs> yeah. And you're going to make why? fucking carpet on the well, ground? Why, though? Because <laughs> they never knew how the ball bearings would be. And some of the wheels spun so fast that nobody could stop. Oh, you're right. Right, so like you're coming off. They had the little ledge. The, war- the exit ramp. Yeah. <laughs> it was a warning track. It was, it was like, the there was like track. so many. There was so many things that would be against code today. I remember. Yeah, for sure. The, There'd the, be nets around the rink. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> going off the, the rink would be fucking padding. I have not yeah. thought about this, but that was um, uh, Cheapskate no. was where this kid named Brandon, who I literally like, he was my friend for a summer. I don't know where he went. I have not thought about this kid in 30 years, but he was the one that taught me. Uh, to drink a pop with a red vine because they had like oh, yeah. the, oh, yeah. not the Twizzlers ones like the, the smooth edge yeah, yeah, yeah. the tube yeah. the you'd tube. get that and then you'd throw it in and tube. if you put it in because I think it was a, a, a Pepsi I think you got cherry Pepsi if you did that and it was amazing and then you could eat the straw afterwards like that was the jam yeah. So shout out to Brandon, wherever you are. Norman. Thank you for that. I still think about you every now and then when I... When I drive by Cheapskate. Yeah. <laughs> so the playlist I sent you is called Habibi Funk. <laughs> and it's like all Middle Eastern, Arab, funk music. Let's reggae. go. It's, it's so weird. I don't even remember when I added it to my playlists on Spotify. Yeah. Mari and I jumped in the Jeep last weekend to go somewhere. And I was looking for something to play that she would also like, because I usually try to do that. And I was like... What's this fucking playlist? Where did I get this from? And then I started playing it, and we were just like, what the fuck? Is this like Arab reggae? Dude, I'm it's in. It's fucking dope. It's really good. I'm totally in. You're going to love it. I'm excited. Yeah. And I guarantee it's like all stuff you haven't heard. You yep. may have, you know, maybe there's an artist in there you've heard, but it's just super obscure. It might I hope be some not. like 1960 Afghanistan stuff. You know what I mean? Well, you, I haven't subjected you at my house yet to my uh, 60s Chilean uh, yeah, surf, surf rock album. But sometime you got to come over because that shit's the ball. Yeah, I want to hear that. Uh, what do our, you got there? Well, so I got to. Uh, Speaking of Chile, it looks like you got some Chilean maracas right? or something there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> So tradition. Todd's looking at him like, what the fuck? No, I'm actually loving this cultural ride we're on. (laughs) So uh, whenever you see like drawings of Vikings, it's always them drinking out of like a skull or a fucking Mm. hollowed out horn and all that. I'm sure that there was an instance or two of that being a thing, but most common, it was hand carved wooden cups. And that was what everybody would drink out of. Uh, And then the skull, the original cheers, you'd smash all your wooden cups in together so that everybody's drink poured into each other's glasses so that you could prove that nobody had poison in them. Because you're saying, by saying cheers, we're all in this together. So they would, a lot of times, just for ease, because the beverages are in giant barrels, they basically made these, like, scoop cups with handles on them, and you would just dip your cup in, and then you would sit and drink it. So uh, as we talked about on our last episode, we had a little break because we called it spring break. But uh, my wife and I took our moms to Norway, and uh, I wanted to bring something back for the show. And uh, when we were in Bergen uh, on the coast, I found this woodworking shop, and they were selling uh, small shot glass-esque sized cups. And I thought mm. this would be perfect for us to, to sip, a, uh, sip a shot and share a thought. So, uh, Todd, you did ask for Mezcal, and yes. these also are similar in shape I was to, to Mezcal Copas. Yes. So I thought this would be a perfect time to kind of yeah. bust these out. Right. Amazing. So let me move my microphone here. Are we going to drink the Las Milpas? I think we are going to drink the nice. Las Milpas from Del Mogue. Yeah. 
which have, we have had on the program previously. I believe we drank some on the rectangle episode. What, I, what I've been told is that Plift Tart Lime goes tremendous with mezcal. Oh, who the hell would have told you that? I don't know if I got that reach. I don't know, but I, I, I have not tried it yet <laughs> myself. So my, my jam is uh, a whole can of Plift Tart Lime, uh, an ounce and a half to two ounces of mezcal, and then a pinch of sea salt. Give it one stir on a big ice cube, and you will be taken to heaven. That sounds amazing. So, cheers. 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 Skull. Delicious. I love these little guys. We didn't have to smash those together because we saw Ben pour it from, <laughs> a, from a bottle. But, um, well, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just fun little guys. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And uh, it's fun, like, seeing they have wine chalices, they have beer steins, they have all of it, and they're all hand-carved. That's do you fun. Think you're I was in Norway, man. It was amazing. The you pictures look incredible. What? Do you drink these from the side or yep. from the front? It's got, well, like, a tip like a I couldn't tell. On it, oh, so. yeah. I, yeah, I couldn't tell if it... If, I think however you want to. <laughs> Choose your own adventure, Charles. Yeah. Yeah, no. Always uh, do. It was... Our poor listeners have heard me talk about this fucking country for so long. Uh, it... it yeah, but it now gets, you got a whole host of new stories to tell. Yeah, it gets <laughs> it gets harder and harder to leave, and it's weird because this is like the happiest my life has has been. But this was the hardest it was to come home. Um, having my Age mother has something in, to do with that, by the way. Oh, it for sure does. Um, having my mother in law there it was the first time she had ever crossed the ocean. Wow! And um, getting to watch her as she took in her ancestral home was pretty amazing. And she was both of our moms were troopers. In six days, we walked 53.4 miles. Jesus. Um, so we, we put them through it quite mm. a bit, and they both, they were troopers the entire time. Uh, when A couple times when they needed rest, they just said, hey, I'm going to go relax for a little bit, but you guys keep going. Um, and I got a couple, because we weren't so focused on food and drink, um, we had some kind of different experiences. So I went to bed a lot earlier than I normally do. So I was up a lot earlier. Your texts tell a different story, but yeah. <laughs> well, there's you know a little <laughs> bit. There's probably a couple, a couple nights. Yeah. He was bombarding me. With, I'm like, damn, boy, you're going for it. Well, but that was also. Well, I was in Europe the same time. Yeah. I was I was in yeah. London and he was yeah, like, really? yeah. he was like oh you can just text me because yeah. I'm on uh, whatever and I'm like well I just am so accustomed to using WhatsApp yeah I just mm-hmm. WhatsApp and so then I moved it to yeah text. No, it's perfect um, but I think not to bore everybody but the the coolest experience for me outside of emotional stuff with having my wife and my mom and my mother in law there um, was one of the mornings in Bergen um, we had gone to bed really early and I woke up and just could not sleep. And it was like 4.45. And I tried every possible position. The, I will admit the bed was not comfortable at all. Pillows were awful. And so I was just like sore neck. So I took a shower. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, like, we're close to the Arctic Circle here. I wonder when the sun rises. Mm. And it was like 20 minutes. So yeah. I got dressed. And, you know, it's still pitch black out. I got dressed. Wait, so what time was it? So this, this, point? this would have been 10 to 5. Okay. Yep. So um, I got dressed and I, I threw a rain jacket on cause I could hear that it was kind of drizzling mm-hmm. and I went out and I went kind of to where I thought would be a good spot to watch the sun come up. And then as it was in theory going to be coming up over the mountains, I realized it's way too overcast. Like I'm not actually going to be able ah. to see anything, 
but then I thought about it, and it was a holiday weekend. Uh, May 1st is Labor Day there. So it's holiday weekend, and it's Sunday morning. And all of the streets are freshly wet with rain that just quit. So all the lights are reflecting off of it, and everybody's street lights are still on. And I was the only person out, and I just went walking. And I walked for three and a half miles um, up and down side streets and through alleys and through residential neighborhoods, mm. just taking picture of a city sleeping. I passed eight total people, and they were all on their way to work to go open up their stores, bakeries, bakeries whatever, coffee shops, whatever. And everybody just greeted each other with like a so, like slightly solemn nod. Just okay, I acknowledge that you are there, and I am here. Um, and it was absolutely riveting to have this hustling, bustling city completely to myself. And I'm yeah. sure people out there, even casual music fans, have it. When Shuffle just, like, feels the vibe mm-hmm. and hits, like, nine songs in a row that are perfect, yeah. I had that moment. And then the sun was up, and I realized that I had basically traversed half of the downtown area. And I have this incredible stream of pictures that... You know, to a random person would be like, why did you take a picture of a weird, dirty alley? But they mean so much to me because I had never had that experience before. I've stayed up late enough that everybody else, you know, eventually peeled off and went to bed. Mm -hmm. But it's very rare for me to be up so early that I'm, I beat everybody else to work. Um, And that was, that was just really, really cool. And uh, I was texting with previous guests in the podcast, uh, Billy McCarthy, um, uh, one of his songs came on and it was just like this perfect moment and he had just gotten done swimming in Lake Geneva. Mm. And so he was like, just got my wetsuit off, man. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe like, cause we're in the same time zone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was just, it was such a, like a beautiful experience, like of everything full circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I found, uh, I found a poem that was written on a plywood they put up plywood to shield um, like construction wreckage while they're before they clean it out. Um, so they also invite street artists to come in and, and tag whatever. So I was just looking at all these. There's eight panels in a row, and I'm looking at all these beautiful paintings. And then the last one um, had a poem written on it. And uh, I'm you know my Norwegian is failing now, but I I was like holy shit, this is beautiful. And I had to Google a couple words to figure it out. But uh, I had this, this moment at, like, 5.45 in the morgan, morning in Bergen, Norway, and I was, like, like tears streaming down my face because of this poem that I found in a back alley written on a piece of plywood hiding uh, the construction waste of a church. And, like, that I will forever hold in my heart. It yeah, was that's just that's an, cool. an incredibly beautiful moment, and I, I, it was just it was perfect. That's really cool. And then I went back, and I took my mom to breakfast, and then we went and got coffee, and, you know, we went yeah. and looked at fjords. I look forward to hearing a lot more about your trip, uh, not just in life, but on the pod, because that's what we do here. Yeah. So, yeah, I look forward to hearing more about it. Uh, I think it's my turn. Uh, I believe it is your turn. So you can, Todd, you can take this question as you want, but I'm going to say in your youth, maybe pre-college, uh, what was your, of all the sports, what was your sport? And do you have a favorite sports memory from that time um so yes i do hockey was my favorite sport really yeah i did not know that yeah and i was probably actually best at it um but me being me 
got myself in a little trouble and <laughs> hockey wasn't an option to go to college and play. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have football scholarships, so I went and did that instead. So, um, you know, I would say hockey was my best sport, but I, you know, full disclosure, I was a pretty good athlete. Like I, I could, you know, go out and play just about anything with anyone and compete at a pretty high level. And so I remember you know, I got, I, you know, I had a lot of fun playing a lot of things, but you know, memories, I mean, there's a handful that come to mind. I think going to youth hockey camps, um, you know, in northern Minnesota and in other places around the country, um, and meeting kids playing hockey at, you know, 10, 11, 12 that are just super competitive and all they want to do is play that sport was was interesting to me because, like, at that time, you know, when you're 12 years old, you think you're the only one that exists. Yeah. And yeah. you're, oh, I'm the only one doing it this way. Um, and the reality of it is, like, you're meeting kids from all over this state, all over the neighboring states, and from states that came in on airplanes to compete at this, you know, elite-level hockey camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, coming out of that, there would be times where I would go and spend a week, you know, in Colorado Springs with my buddy Peter Went that I met at hockey camp. And he was, like, a year or two older than me, but that was my guy. And so I went out and spent a week and a half, you know, with him. And at, you know, I think I was 13 or 14 at the time. He must've been 15 or 16. But, you know, what did we do during the day? We wake up, we go play pickup hockey all day long. And, and, you know, at Colorado college or the air force Academy or wherever we were. And then we at 14, 15, what do you do? You go try to find, you know, some girls at a pool party that night and you hang out and you like, you're rocking around Colorado Springs. Like, it's like things like that. It was like defining moments in your yeah. life. Just you just remember being there with him, and you know, in that dorm at that camp, having laughs all night long. Counselors coming to say lights out, this, that, and the other. It's like I would say that that was probably my like some of my fondest memories, and I have mm-hmm. tons of them. Um, but what's interesting now is to watch my kids play. Like yeah. that's like full circle when you remind yourself that you're no longer playing and it's their <laughs> life, but watching them compete and watching the look on their face. Um, like my daughter yesterday, she immediately gets in the car after her game. and is like, what, you know, how'd I do? And I always ask, well, how do you think you did? And the first response is shut up, dad. That's not what I said. I said, how do you think yeah. I did? I said, I think he played tremendous. And to watch their faces light up when they know that you're watching them yeah. and that all you care about is watching them, mm-hmm. it's like it's at that full circle moment. Absolutely. And, you That's know, great. I remember, like, my dad, rest in peace, you know, he didn't – he missed a lot of my games. Yeah. And when he showed up, a lot of times he'd sit off in the back. Right. And he, I wouldn't even know he was there. And, you know, you see that kid on video who's looking for their dad or their parent and the audience or whatever – and I didn't know. And, you know, he later told me, he's like, I sat back there and I sat out of the way because I didn't want you to feel pressure from me. Okay. You know, because he played football in college and he played in the NFL and he, like, could have gone, you know, further. And he's like, I didn't want you to feel pressure. Mm. And I didn't understand that. And so fast forward, like, I don't want my kids to feel pressure. Yeah. I just love to watch them play. And so, like, those two, mem- like the memory of me going to camp and then the memory of how I interacted or my dad interacted with me playing and how that translates into my life with my daughters is, is, is a pretty powerful thing. And it's like, 
I mean, I'll go, I'll fly home from halfway across the world to make a soccer game. Yeah, of course. Like I left London a day early to make sure I was home so I could watch my daughter play. And like, that's what's, that's what that's life's great. about. So, I mean, I don't know if that answered your yeah, question. Absolutely. I think I took a fucking journey. I took, I, I took, I took a walk nice. right there. I mean, as long as I've known you, I, I really truly had no idea about the hockey thing. That's amazing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, cool. like you, I mean, it's funny because like you have line of sight into my life and my childhood that a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. So like you do know that I was a pretty good athlete. Yeah. And so for me to say hockey, but you're like, wow, because you saw me play football at like mm-hmm. a really high level. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, it, it makes me laugh and it's kind of funny, but yeah, man, it's like, it's weird how, uh, it's crazy, it's man. weird how that shit happens. Yeah. Shout out to my boy, Pat O'Leary. Who played at Who played at Armstrong and then went on to the U? He's the one. And Jordan Leopold, they're the ones that yeah. got me in hockey. Former Hobie Baker winner. I yeah. used to drink with Jordan Leopold. Yeah, so I jo- also drank so, with Jordan Leopold. <laughs> yeah, so Jordan, I, uh, Jordan Leopold. When we were in third grade, my first ever, we played for New Hope. Golden, like it must have been New Hope, Crystal New Hope or New Hope, mm. in house. Like I, I was fucking terrible. Like O'Leary yeah. and I played baseball together, and he was like, "You should try hockey, dude. Like you're a good enough athlete, you could probably pick it up." And so I, like, patched, w- milled some equipment together. Like my, and my mom's Canadian, so she grew up around hockey her whole yeah. life. So she probably was secretly like, what are you, I've been waiting all my life for this. But mm-hmm. I mean, so Why don't we, you go there and strap on the pads and blades there, yeah, bud? Yeah, and so, exactly. <laughs> and then I come out to this, this team, and believe it or not, Jordan Leopold is my defensive partner. <laughs> and I'm like, at that level, mm-hmm. like, I'm like, he could, you could tell he was a good skater. And I, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I think you're going to be pretty good at this. <laughs> and yeah. Well, you know, fast forward, you know, you know, Turns Hobie Baker award winner and like, you know, one well, of I, uh, I grew up with Troy and Jake Riddle. And oh yeah. So yep. we, yeah, we knew Troy was going places when, when you played hockey with him at the park, you fucking knew. <laughs> All right. The different this, levels. This is something a little different here. But yeah. And that was sadly our, Last, uh, our last trophy for the Gophers Whee! in the NCAA. Got was, so close this was year. Was that team with Jordan Leopold and, and Troy Riddle on it. And yeah. O'Leary was on that? Like, yeah. All yeah. those no, guys. And, and those were all the, the dudes the that Pole, I... Johnny I, Pole was on that team? Yeah, those were all the guys I hung out with when I was a teenager. Um, yeah. Well, college-aged. But, but It's funny. The last time I saw, well, frankly, either of those guys was... Um, I was at a... We talked about this bar last time I was in town. I can't think, but it's on, um, what is it, 4th? And um, we, you know where the Quest is, right? Or mm-hmm. was? Yeah. The artist formerly known as? Yeah. The Loon? Um, in downtown, we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, downtown. downtown. Um, downtown right, Minneapolis. Is it the Loon? The Loon is yeah. still there. So that was the last time I saw Leopold. Uh, that sounds about right. That sounds like where they'd be. Yeah, yeah. I ran into him and I was like, holy shit. Go to the Loon, have some drinks, run across, find some girls at Brothers, go back to the Loon, go back, go have a great How babes. long ago was that? Like, fuck, 20, oh, 20 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, last time I saw Troy, uh, and I grew up with him. His dad coached our baseball team. Like, I used to, that was, those are like the first nights I would like drink with people was we'd put vodka from his dad's liquor cabinet into our Mountain Dews and watch movies <sighs> hey, in the you basement. Were aggressive. But we, uh, yeah, well, we didn't know what we were doing, but we figured Dude, the first time I ever drank, I watered down a beer with Diet Pepsi. Bro. Ooh. Oh, I, a, I used to drink uh, a fucking terrible idea. I used to drink Miller Genuine Draft in my basement because my dad worked MGD, for a liquor distributor. Camp. But I'm talking about drinking with people. <laughs> but I, both were like terrifyingly young. 
But last time I saw him, he climbed on a party bus I was on downtown because he saw me through the window. That's awesome. Like he was downtown and he saw me through the window and he jumped on the bus and he came and sat down next to me. And I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, Joy? That was a party bus. Yeah, that was probably 15 15, (laughs) years ago. So real quick, (laughs) let's just ask a quick question. How how about quarter uh, quarter beers at Brothers? Dude, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about Brothers. No. Sundays. I remember. Quarter beer. Dude, I mostly remember. What was your quarter beer some of, of choice? Uh, back then, it probably would have been Miller Lite. I was a liney honey vice. Oh, it was too sweet. I don't. Rem- I don't even remember. I don't remember what I drank at Brothers. I just. I just knew Miller and Light probably. Miller Mick Light. Gold Light was not bad either. Yeah, I, I guess Mick Golden Light. Yeah, actually, no, you're right. It would have been Mick Golden Light. Yeah, for sure. I didn't. It was uh, 2003 when we opened the club. Was when we banned Mick Golden Light, and then I never went back. I still don't drink it. Anyway, so Charles, if there was, was a Mick Golden Light right here, would you drink it? If it was the only thing to have, yeah, I guess, but I wouldn't buy it. I'm, I it's the I longest have. grudge I have in my life, and I won't give it up. Fair now enough. it's now it's 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 too good. <laughs> Fair enough. Are you going to tell me you played hockey too, Charles? <laughs> uh, well, my so my my grade school and junior high uh, had only two sports. I went to uh, Nero in Northeast Minneapolis. We had baseball and basketball, so I played other sports, but I didn't play them in an organized fashion. We didn't have the means to like have me play on a traveling team and get all the pads and shit to play the other sports that were the more expensive sports anyways. So those are the two sports, at least in organized sports. Those are the sports that I, that I played every year. Um, and basketball was definitely my sport. I was morbidly obsessed with basketball. I was taking jumpers and shooting free throws in the driveway every morning when the sun came up. And um, You were that kid that pissed your neighbors off because the ball was bouncing. Yeah. Oh, early. I also pissed off Christian Slater. That's a whole other story. They were filming uh, Untamed am- Heart on my street. That's an amazing just sentence right there. <laughs> yeah, they were they were filming uh, Marissa Tomei and Christian Slater on our street. Were filming the movie Untamed Heart, and they had to, the production crew had to come back multiple times and ask us to stop playing basketball because they could hear the bounce of the ball on the camera on the other side of the block. And there's a story surrounding that, but I, I'll tell that. You told Christian another. Slater to quit being a dick. Well, he came back and hooped with me so that we would stop playing. Oh, so that we would stop playing basketball. Amazing. That was like oh, the. Okay. That was the the compromise. But, uh, yeah, so I, I loved basketball. And uh, as I became a teenager, and I, I was adept at it, I'm not going to do this glory days shit where, like, we talked about this. Like, I'm going to do this glory days thing where I feel like I would have gone somewhere. Also, I played, like, I played, like, a 3-4 style. But as I started aging, I realized it's probably better fit to be a point guard if I was going to play at, like, a collegiate level. And that wasn't really my style of play, even though I had good handles. And I, I still do. But I ended up coaching. So... I, I lost a taste for organized sports because I like to party. So I kind of just decided I didn't want to play organized sports anymore. And what I ended up doing is, as with everything in my younger brother's life, I became, like, his coach. I was an assistant scout master, and then I became an assistant basketball coach. Basically, like, everything that he needed guidance in, I kind of became, like, his pseudo-father in those ways. And uh, I found that, like, I really loved doing it. I kind of wish that I kept it up when I sort of – went along through life and maybe it's something I'll pick up again someday but I don't regret not continuing playing organized basketball even though I'm sure I would have had a great time and probably done pretty well I like that I got to coach my brother and then um I I started like the player of the game system where I'd give them like a big bottle of whatever Pepsi product they wanted like I'd pick the player of the game and they'd get a a bottle of uh, a soda I won the MCYO coach of the year when I was like 19 
It's when amazing. I coached when I coached like fourth grade basketball at Nero. But yeah, those were I, I think that that's well, like you were like a, a Mike Krzyzewski. Yeah, I was. Like, I was. I was the kid coach. I was yeah. the kid coach. But I was. Yeah, because I started out as an assistant coach at sixteen. Wow. And then, wow. Um, then I I coached some teams by myself when I turned seventeen or eighteen. Old soul. And my actually my <laughs> my favorite thing was when we would do, they would do like the all star game for the kids in the school, like the just. I don't know what it was, but the kids in the school would play a game, and they would do, like, coaches versus players. God, I love those games because we would just fucking school on these <laughs> Yeah, of course. I remember this one other coach who is my oldest friend to this day, Bay Misquick, Bay Wilkinson. Her father was a coach of another team, and he and I just looked at each other, and we just – it was like a, like a Will Ferrell movie. We just <laughs> absolutely demolished these kids. There were tears. We just—I <laughs> don't know why we were like, "Let's globe trot these motherfuckers." But I'll never forget That's that so day. Great. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I just love the idea of you like just like dunking on a kid and just like boot to the face. I, w- I was just thinking in in eighth grade, the Maple Grove Junior High coaches versus players game mm-hmm. did not go that way. No, the yeah. players. Buried the coach. Yeah, we really? we did not have athletic coaches. Well, uh, and, and well, we and we had a really good basketball team. Yeah, like that's the combination. <laughs> like, like the the coaches weren't oh, super God. athletic, and the basketball yeah. team was very good. Like, okay. several players on that team went to play college basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was a different dynamic or college sure. sports at some level. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was doing oopsie doos to these kids. I was going in between the legs and like their legs, you know, like doing that shit, like going behind their backs and all that stuff. They hated you. They were like, they probably still do hate you. Yeah, so they, they they have therapists right yeah, now. Yeah, I hope there's some kids sitting in therapy Trauma. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One time I had this coach Charles, and he was such a dick. Yeah. He bounced the ball off my yeah. forehead. I was only ten. He went yeah. through my legs and called me a wuss. Have you heard of and one? He was and zero. He was first to that shit. Oh, that's fucking awesome. I what love you, Quam. Uh yeah, I was I was I was bad at sports. I I I, I did not for whatever for whatever reason, my group of friends growing up in Minneapolis before I moved out to uh, Maple Grove. Uh, we sports just wasn't really a, a push function for anyone, um, and so I I was I was terrible. Like I've talked about uh, being depleted on this episode before. Todd, you were the one that did it. You smoked me harder than I have ever been hit by anybody, and it was hilarious to look back on that, given where we are right now. I, I just think that's so funny. But I um, I, I, I do too. Actually. Yeah. Um, but there was a, there was a kid. Have you ever uh, told him, well, hold on, pause. Have you ever told him the other story associated with our football youth? God, no, I don't know, even know if I remember it. Oh, yes, you do. I remember getting depleted. I remember throwing Rich Mileto in a mud puddle, and then the coach. By the way, him. do you know Rich Mileto is like a super fantasy insider i did not know that like it's funny he hit me up on twitter he's like hey if you never need any insider to- yeah no, it, I makes, just remember, no, it makes total sense i just <laughs> remembered it was so funny because he got thrown in the mud because he talked so much shit the team threw him in the mud and then the coach got mad because he had got his fresh jersey dirty so they made him run laps White. the entire practice yeah White. yeah we threw him in the mud in his he wore number 44 and he, he got were, in trouble yeah he wore number 44 <laughs> okay. but no what's the other what's i don't so I'm going to tell a story to you, Charles. Okay. And Ben is a part of the story. So we sh- Ben is Ben moves out to be in, he's in Maple Grove, and we're all on this junior high school football team. And oh wait, I think I do. Know yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> where I'm going. And 
we're getting fitted for it's like two days we're getting fitted for equipment whatever yeah. and ben's running a little bit behind and so we're all already out on the field and we're the mustang so we're royal blue and silver with a little bit of white well out of the locker room comes Quam, and he's got a white helmet on and his helmet is white because his head is so big that the blue helmets do not fit okay. said head. There's nothing sadder than they say, do you want large or extra large? And you say extra large, and then you put the helmet on, and then you turn around, and you're like, no, 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 I, I said extra large. And the coach goes, this is an extra large. And then there's just dead silence. <laughs> there is nothing more mortifying for a kid who is relatively new to the area than that. Okay, do you have an extra yeah. And then on top of it, to know that it's a different fucking color than everyone on the team. Yeah. yeah. Mortifying. Absolutely mortifying. Yeah, it was. I mean, I felt bad for you, kind of. Well, that's another, though. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, do you, do you rise above or not? And that actually probably pushed me talking shit a whole lot more than so, anything else because I had to be faster with jokes. Otherwise, I get eaten alive. Dude, by the way, I have another story. that I, So I had, I had dinner last time I was in town with a couple of our old classmates mm-hmm. that were on that team. Yeah. And there was a story that came up. I will not name names, but do you recall, what was a game or a practice? It was a game, I'm pretty sure. And one of our teammates was on the bottom of the pile, and all you heard... Oh, yeah. What happened? Uh, His nut cup cracked. (laughs) This was during a game. One of our offensive tackles, uh, the pile (laughs) fell on him. They were trying to push the fullback uh, over the line, and the whole pile fell back on top of him, and somebody's knee was on his nut cup, and another guy fell into it. And it smashed his nut cup into one of his testicles. Oh, no. And it swelled to the size of a grapefruit. Yes, juicy grapefruit, to be exact. Or at least and, a brucey grapefruit. And, and, yeah, and Cliff was born. Yeah, but he, um, he had to be on medical leave for like a quarter. Yes. Because he couldn't, he couldn't go to school. Because yeah. of the swelling. Holy shit. Yeah. yeah. That was that's a that's like a cautionary tale that I'm like, no, I was there and I heard it. Yeah. I thought his leg was broken because of how loud the crack was. And that no. was the nut cup cracking into his testicle. Yeah. And so mortified. So the, the moral of the story is kids Damn. is actually football players don't wear nut cups. <laughs> yeah. I mean some, that could be the reason yeah. why. Yeah. Uh but going well, back I didn't to tell a story earlier about a Paintball hitting me in the tip of the <laughs> But back to back to me being inept at sports. Uh, what it really did though was it pushed me to talk shit faster. So I think I got funnier just because I quit being afraid of talking shit to the wrong person. Because either way, I'm getting eaten alive. So let's just let's just burn everybody. Oh, so your villain your villain origin story 100%. wasn't the ice on the neck. No, this it was is the white helmet. This is 100. percent It was the white helmet. I, it was like a like I remember there being a switch that got flipped because once you okay. get laughs, then now now I'm addicted. And my closest thing that I would have to like a good sports memory for me not mm-hmm. playing was when uh, a couple of the guys sent one of our linebackers over. I was still eating at the Misfits table. It was, like, a couple of the metalheads and, like, mm-hmm. the kid that ducked out in ninth grade to smoke and, like, literally just randomly sitting there. Okay. And uh, Misfits table sounds like a restaurant in Baltimore. I would 100% go there. <laughs> Lower East Side. <laughs> you got to go through a hidden wall. Yeah. But the, I see this linebacker walking over to me. 
And he's just staring at me the entire way. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this dude going to dump his tray on me? Like, I don't, I don't have time for this. And he walks up and he goes, hey, uh, me and the guys were talking and uh, you're, you're pretty funny. Uh, so if you want to come sit at our table, you can. Can make us laugh. And literally everybody that was sitting at the table just looked at me like, oh, you're not really going to go. And I was like, bye, guys. Like, right. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm at graduated. the cool table. <laughs> you graduated. <laughs> and from then on, once I got blessed by all the cool kids on the football team, then I was like cool to everybody else in school. And then all of a sudden I had tons of friends. I started getting invited to parties, all the, that shit. The, the best was like in this regard <laughs> of Ben being funny and witty is like he – on the sideline of the game, like a tackle would happen in front of him or something, some action would happen in front of him. And you could absolutely hear Ben talking shit to the opponent. Absolutely. Like, like it was like the best is like, you know, you make a hit on the sideline or you, you know, come out of the backfield and you run some kid over right on the sideline and you happen to land at Ben's feet. Like you already knew, like you get up and you trot back and you just can hear Ben just like, eating some kid alive yeah. and it's just like we're in like eighth grade I'm yeah. like, how funny and how witty could you be and he was <laughs> oh, dude. To, to use to use a term that these kids use now ben was eating yeah, i was eating like he was eating by the time high school rolled around i had friends in other schools giving me like dirt on like people's siblings names their mom's names their significant others oh, you were like a young chris hovan okay. oh dude i had i had i was jo- john randall that was my idol sure. i well, i loved yeah. him so much and he did that so i was like all right that's what we do and yeah that the point guard for our hated rival in college told me that uh, i was the only voice he could never get out of his head and that's the best compliment that anybody has ever given me <laughs> sports related <Yeah. laughs> he, he, that, that dude could play too yeah he could do and ball. Uh, all right. Well, jerseys. Yeah, I got a. I poured a little bit more. Uh, do you want to do Todd? Do you want to do mezcal or do you want to do tequila? Oh, got a little um, something in his. Do you got something in your glass? I'm gonna I go get, mezcal. Actually, I got some. I got a little whiskey. I'm gonna. How, wait, how, how many more do I have? Three. Three. Oh, is I'm gonna come back to the mezcal. I think we're coming to four right now. Yeah, I'll come back to the mezcal. Okay. I'm gonna go to the tequila. So Charles, I believe is there, you is were. There a, is there a um, juicy grapefruit over there? Uh, there is right up there. Oh, yeah, cool. I'm going to grab one of those. Sweetness. No, hold on. Just trying to help. Listen, I'm learning. I'm learning the uh, procedures here. <laughs> we we, we run a tight ship. I've been, trying to, I've been trying to figure out, like, am I too far away from my mic? Am I slouching too yeah. much? We're, uh, we're pretty relaxed. Yeah. Here. We got a good system. It's pretty fail-safe. We find ways to fail, but other than that. Do well, you want to, cheers. Uh, yeah, cheers. Cheersies. Yeah, cheers. Whoop, whoop. Taking Antique 107 like a shot is kind of funny. <laughs> what are you going to do? All right. Todd. Yes. If you could ply your craft in another country, presumably in this instance, it would be the family of businesses under the Pliff banner. Where would that be? Oof. Or perhaps where will that be someday? Mm. So that's an awesome question, and I'm going to give you two answers. Let's do it. And the two answers are for two very different reasons. Okay. One would be in the UK, because I think that the UK, the culture in the UK is very much like that of the US, Mm. but there is a level of stigma around things like cannabis like you can't even buy melatonin yep. in the uk yep. and so i would love to just take a lot of time to educate people 
on the plant powers of hemp, you know, minor cannabinoids, CBD, CBG, CBN, all the things they do. Like everyone knows marijuana. Um, and by the way, that's not a racially charged term. It is what it is. Um, but so everyone knows mad at us for writing that into our copy on an episode. Yeah, no, like, like, like anyone. So, so we're going to pause right here and we're going to do a little history. Please. Anyone who says that marijuana is a racially charged term, they're typically white. Okay. Black people don't associate marijuana. He was white. Is a re- yeah, exactly. So, so there's this whole complex that I've learned more and more as I've gotten older. I mean, I know he meant well. Yeah, I no, I know. But like, and like, I hope your audience doesn't take this the wrong way. And I hope this mm-hmm. is like a good education. Okay. You yeah. and I have actually talked about yeah. this before, Quam. Yeah. But it's like this notion of white savior complex. Mm-hmm. And that black people always need white people to save them. And so marijuana is racist well no marijuana it would only be racist because you made it racist mm-hmm. black people never thought about it anything like they call it grass ganja reefer weed marijuana bud like all like, got a bazillion yeah. names right so like this is misnomer that it's a racist term so there's but marijuana is known for one thing and one thing only and that's thc mm-hmm. hemp this beautiful plant is known for thc cbg which is like a stimulant CBN, which is nature's melatonin, helps you sleep. Obviously, CBD with its calming and anti-inflammatory properties. So, like, there's all these beauties of this plant that I think that this, the stigmas around the plant could could do wonders in uh, the UK. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like uh, in the US, we're a little further ahead of where they are because now we're starting to dispel some notions of those stigmas? Yes and no. Regionally, I mean, at least in the United States? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the fact that there's this uh, level of acceptance around, you know, there were more acceptance around cannabis, you know, as a plant. Yeah, but I mean, there's been countries all over the world that have been doing it faster. The other thing is, is like what the US is doing, which is what the US does, is that they, because there's money to be made, Mm-hmm. They're bastardizing one side or one, you know, product, hemp, in, you know, for the benefit of, you know, the med rec legalization of marijuana. Sure. Which is, like, it's detrimental. Like, it's the, it should be the whole plant and both should be able to coexist. But yeah. because there's money in the way, it's, it's not that way. So, what I, I guess the way I'm asking you this is, is the U.K. where the U.S. was 10 years ago, or are they close they're to fur- I think I think they're further behind, but they're being okay. pressured into action because they're, I mean, Germany just legalized. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, the, their, neighboring, their neighboring countries, their neighboring states are legalizing, and, you know, the reality of it is, is, like, Amsterdam's getting ready to, like, tamp down on um, tourists coming in and smoking. Mm-hmm. So, like, there's a whole other list of countries that are, you should go to Hungary and a bunch of others, but... My point is, is like there's a level of tourism and a level of commerce that comes with legalization. Hmm. And so I think the UK will be pressed into action because if you remember, Brexit disconnected them from yeah. their buddies and whatever. Right. So they've got to get people there. And I just think they're at a point where, you know, the they're going to be pressed into action. Yeah. The other country would be Japan. And the reason is... Japan and the Japanese and Japanese culture is very much about, or from my understanding of being there, I shouldn't overly generalize my knowledge, but it's hardworking. It's relatively serious. There's not a lot of support from around mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The suicide rate is really high. People 
drink and smoke incessantly. And so it's like, if there was a way for them to take some of the stress out of their life, you know, like we always say, you know, a, you know, acceptable way to unwind that doesn't include alcohol. Like that's a great thing for that culture. And so those are the two places I would love to see Pliff, Perfectly Dosed, and all the things that we're doing and all these brands and businesses that we're working with, you know. Yeah. You know, one of the things that we take pride in is we incubate and help minority brands. Yep. So, like, we we invest our time, we invest our resources, you know, our designer who, you know, we pay works on their packaging and all these other things because we want to, you know, make the industry more accessible. But part of accessibility is broadening beyond your own backyard and taking yep. it as far as you can because – you know, there's, there's a real opportunity for you to create a better way and a better path for people. So uh, Japan is probably pretty far away from having any yeah. sort of involvement, right? Yeah, like, dude. Like I don't, if it happens in my lifetime, that'd be amazing. Imagining what the country of Japan would do with hemp, marijuana, THC, cannabinoids, just knowing how like the perfectionist mentality right. of everything that they do with food and beverage. Dude, the culinary would be, experience would be incredible. Just, I mean, even just like the pseudoscience of figuring out different ways to implement it into yeah. different, you know, beverages or snacks or whatever. Well, I mean, think about like, I, I would love to see that someday. Think about some of the designers that you know, that are Japanese designers yeah. mm-hmm. and you know, them applying their design principles to hemp. And like using the you know the the, the biomass and the, the yep. byproducts of hemp right. to create these amazing you know all the fibers or yeah. yeah whatever like it's incredible. Could yeah. you imagine a bar in Japan that had? Well, I'm not gonna. I mean, I was gonna mention something, but I don't know if I can mention it. But can you imagine them having the necessary tools to make <laughs> to make yeah. beverages using instead of alcohol using THC? Like, can you imagine a like a a legendary Japanese bar being like we're making yeah, yeah. I can now. imagine. Oh, I'm telling you, it would be, you know that the right. application of it, it, they probably wouldn't serve you for a year. They'd be like, no, we yeah. have to figure this out. Well, it's just like but then I you would have just the most incredible experience. Guaranteed. I mean, if you just level up, just like when other cultures get a hold of other cultures' principles and apply them to their own way of life, like the magic yeah. that happens in in just in that space, and so like what you're saying is applicable to everything, you know, engineering and product manufacturing and, you know, all these medicine and all these other things. It's like, you know, the world is truly that, that, that cultural oyster right there. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's honestly, that kind of goes right into what my answer would be. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's almost sniped by you, Todd is, uh, Ireland. Um, I, I have never been anywhere where music is so woven into day-to-day activity and culture where if you walk into a bar with an instrument, not only is it okay, but you're encouraged to go play. And there's this, there's this huge base of hundreds, if not thousands of traditional songs that you can hear coming out of any bar anywhere in Ireland. And I just was like, I know that we all just sit around and drink while we're listening to this, but got a little bit of THC in there and wow. just seeing where some of those jams would go to me, that would just be breathtaking. So let me ask you where they're at. Is it any different than um, CBD is legal in Ireland, okay. but that's it. Got um, it. And are they anywhere in the universe of when I talk to people? No, but there hasn't been a huge push for it either. 
Um, they said that CBD, like the couple of the guys that we were sitting with on one of the last nights were telling us that CBD has started to make it into like the, the medicine side of things for, you know, helping people sleep and doing all that. Yeah. And then sort of like, they're like, well, then when is the next thing going to come? But there just hasn't been a huge groundswell. You, you know what one of, you know, one commonality that these countries have is their heavy drinking cultures. Mm-hmm. And, and like that's drinking. Yeah. And drinking alcohol. And like the masterful masterful work that the alcohol industry has done to not only make people think that what they provide is an okay service, but like in some in some instances glorify it, yep. has boxed out people's ability to think of alternatives. It's I, I will say just speaking of Ireland specifically, it's also like they they came up with whiskey. Like so, it's that is part of the tradition, and I think that that's part of the the pushback against it. Is this is this was our gift to the world, and so many other cultures created their alcohol and drinking cultures off of Ireland, um, who had taken uh, Arabic uh, perfume makers' uh, science and turned it into a, a way of drinking. Story, yeah. So it is it is tough. I I I, I understand the reluctance to do anything that in in some people's minds would take away from the focus on that but at the same time like we're all just you know we're meat sacks like this is still poison so maybe if there was something else that we could do that gave us similar vibes yeah that didn't involve that well and it's, it's like we talked about earlier it's like maybe i don't want to drink alcohol for a few weeks mm-hmm. but i still want to go be social and want to kick it and want to feel the vibe and you know ride that wave or whatever mm-hmm. like give me something yep it's acceptable, yep. you know, and it's, and, and, and that's just it is like, you know, the mission of this company is to bring, you know, THC and, and, you know, hemp cannabinoids to everyone's doorstep, make it readily accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I tell this story all the time in neighborhoods where people who look like me live, they have an easier time getting their hands on booze and they do a square meal. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah what do we expect from society? What do we expect from culture, right? Like we are, you know, products of the environment. And if we create, you know, this is not a joke, but it's, you know, somewhat laughable when you have to say this out loud. Nobody beats their spouse. I have not heard of someone beating their spouse solely on marijuana or THC. Like if some, if I, I could be wrong, of course, because the world's a big place, but you know, I know my attitude. I know people around me's attitude is like way different, way more chill, way more vibey and relaxed when they're not drinking. And so like why I know why we wouldn't promote that mm-hmm. because that's cutting into someone else's pocket. Mm-hmm. And it it's always sad to me that humanity has l- got less value than a dollar. That's right. fair. It's just real. I'm going to go ahead and take a jump. I just pulled up on that. <laughs> I'm going to take a, I'm going to go ahead and take, take a sip take of a this sip. Um, tequila <laughs> postumo. Uh, Charles, would it be bringing Patmos somewhere else? Uh, obviously, via Patmos, I have a multitude of skills, and uh, I don't I don't know if it would be Patmos itself, but it could be. I I could do I could do the things that I do pretty much anywhere in the world, mm-hmm. which is cool as fuck. Uh, I've been a lot of places where I kind of observe my environment and think of 
what would it be like to live and work in this environment? And a thing that's critical to my tool belt, as it were, in regard to um, consulting, marketing, and design, I have to observe, does the environment do things well? Like, is it a horse I can hitch my wagon to? And is there also a need for a wagon to be hitched to that horse? Sure. And a place that occurs to me, because I was there last summer, is CDMX, Mexico City. Mexico yes. City, food and beverage scene, hospitality scene, like everything in CDMX is incredible. I think it's unfortunate that so few people know what an incredible city that is because it is very much like a New York. Well, people mm-hmm. are so enamored by the beach, but, mm-hmm. you know, I, I've heard nothing but amazing things about Mexico City. Yeah, and I didn't fully understand the trappings of Mexico City prior to visiting it. it not just limited to the fact that the elevation is something I struggle with because I, yeah. I didn't know it was that elevated. I knew it wasn't on the beach, yeah, but yeah, I didn't know you're, it was Yeah, you're in, you're in the fucking sky. But it's, a, yeah, it's a, it's Cloud City, you know? For sure. You're like, you're in the sky in this fucking incredible city built on top of a gigantic lake. That's Shelter literally, it's literally what it is. And the food and beverage there floored me. Like, it, it absolutely astonished me. I was so impressed. That's the most... That's the most impressed I've been with a cocktail scene anywhere I've traveled, uh, perhaps ever. And I think part of it, part of what's so cool about that place and what I feel like would be um, something that I would take on as a creative challenge that would like really invigorate me is the fact that they're this gigantic city, but they don't give a fuck what anyone is doing in the United States. So when they're making cocktails, they're unobscured by what's happening yeah, in the like bias factor they're not doing they're not doing the you know they're not making the um el pastor margarita at uh god i can't think of the, uh licoreria limontour they're not making an el pastor margarita because they had something like that in new york right they're making it because they were like let's make a margarita that tastes like el pastor and so it's having that like uh that the wall up you know as a <laughs> euphemism mm-hmm between cultures and essentially it's also that's a fun way to phrase it because they don't need us they don't care about us while we're saying stay away they're saying we are right that's what that culture is doing in mexico city they're doing such incredible things and i would absolutely love to get my hands on um some of those um concepts and be able to like mold them and make them bigger and better and push them further uh, and and there's unlimited possibility because the scale of that city, the scale of that city, just where we stayed in our hotel, I could, within three city blocks, I could find enough work to sustain me for a decade. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, can I assist you here? The things that my, my business brings to the table. But that's definitely a place that, um, and also that I would love to be in, to spend more time in, even collecting a, like a, a partner or two in that region while maintaining a residence in the United States, I would love to just spend more time there and use that as a way to uh, create a variation in my workflow. Oh yeah. That's cool. Also fuck Senator Kennedy. Just want to say that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that dude. Everything that you just said, fuck that guy. Um, yeah. Well, should we choose that? Yeah, we should. It's a fucking yeah. ever expanding boundaries, baby.
All right. Now, Todd, you live in Kansas City. Correct. That is an undisputed barbecue mecca. Yeah, it's pretty good. I want to know, as Charles and I, I, I would not say that Minneapolis slash Minnesota has really figured out their version of the barbecue scene, but we do better. have some people that are doing some really great work here. And we have reasons that we aren't getting better at it, but we don't have to get in on Correct. that. Correct. Um, but that said, the two Legal. of us really do love to to cook barbecue, to eat, all that. I, I don't know. really barbecue. That's like the one style of food I don't We're gonna, much I was, of. I was going to let you get there with your answer, okay. but all right. Okay. No, I just want to be clear. Like, that's, yeah. I mean, you do a lot. You enjoy smoked meat. Yeah. I, I enjoy eating barbecue, and I'll, I'll barbecue, like, with friends on, like, their setups. I do every style of cooking on planet earth pretty much except i i don't do like barbecuing i i'm a griller yeah smoke too. smoking meat is a, a, it's an art for sure mm-hmm. it's it's different yeah it's a different thing so knowing that about charles and was thinking that would lead him into his answer i was going to ask you what is on your ideal barbecue plate who if if the world is going to fix you a plate and invite you on over to the barbecue what is on that plate <laughs> your your dream plate. So my dream plate, number one, straddles two amazing barbecue absolutely regions as well as cities. It as well as so I'm going to 1,000 percent have brisket and beef ribs smoked from Texas, mm. and then I'm going to make sure that I get pulled pork, smoked chicken from Kansas City. Mm. Okay. And then I'm probably going to go to Memphis and get some links. Ooh, all right. And then Ooh. people are going to ask me, oh, what kind of sauce? Bro, I shouldn't need sauce. But if I want, if I want a little bit of moisture just to <laughs> change it up, I'm probably going to get a little bit of vinegar from Memphis. Mm. I'll probably get a little bit of like the um, briny, spicy chipotles from Texas. And I'll put a little bit of the Kansas City like original, which is like a little bit tangy. Um, on that plate, and then, you know, from size. Yeah, come on. Um, if you know how to actually make coleslaw, I'm fucking with it. But like, there's a lot of people who don't know how to make coleslaw, so I'm not fucking with it. But I'm definitely fucking with some coleslaw if you know what you're doing. Um, Hold on, mayo based or vinegar based? Oh, bro, I I prefer both. Oh, okay. so a little bit of mayo and a little bit of vinegar. Okay. So it's like a little bit creamy, but it's got that little. Bitter, briny bitterness to it and then i also like it if you get wild and throw some like jalapenos in there and like make it a little spicy um and then i'm probably i'm definitely loading up on pickles and onions because like that is a i love that yes, whole please. thing yeah. and then i and then i could go back and forth like i like collard greens if they're available um you know i'm not a huge bean guy so I'm never really going to go with beans. Like, and frankly, I'm a meat guy, so I don't do a ton of sides, but yeah. I'll do some coleslaw. I'll do some type of potato if there is a good one. Um, you know, like there's a spot called, it's called Kansas City Joe's now. Oh, hell yeah. Their fries legit are legit. I'll give you that. So if, you, if you're like, yo, can I get some fries? I'd be like, yeah, if they're from mm-hmm. Joe's. Yeah, no, I'm so, with you on that. So that- Joe's Kansas City. So, so, like, I mean, that's what my plate's looking like. Okay. Like, it's heavy meat. I'm touching a bunch of regions. Um, I would also do some some like baby backs or some spare ribs from you know St. Louis or Kansas City. Like I could get down with that. But like if I had to choose, it's going brisket. 
like fatty brisket from Texas. I want some burn ends from Kansas City. I'm definitely having beef ribs, like some sausage. Like, okay. I'm touching it all. <laughs> uh, as as our resident, I don't love barbecuer. Uh, do you have a dream plate that you would assemble? Yeah, I mean, I I do. Okay, I love barbecue, but I don't I don't want to eat barbecue all the time. Me neither. Like I feel like barbecue sometimes, and I'm like, let's fuck it up. Let's get some barbecue. My favorite barbecue thing, without a shadow of a doubt, is Flintstone style beef long rib. For sure, the plate could literally be that. I don't need anything else. If that is a meal, a by the way. Perfect long rib. I want the long rib. Brisket, it's funny. I wouldn't say brisket. You said brisket. The only reason I wouldn't say brisket is because I've had so enough balance. bad brisket to last 10 lifetimes. Yeah. yeah. But if we're talking about, like, legit good brisket, that is hard to beat. It's just so hard to come by. But I would do some brisket. Well, like, uh, Texas beef is so, like, readily available, like, mm. really killer grass-fed beef mm. that, like, if you're, if you're a barbecue spot in Texas and you don't know how to cook Beef brisket, you're not in. You're not in business. Time so. to go. Like yeah, you're you're out of there. So so like I, it was funny because when I live, I used to live in Austin, and when I lived there, and then I moved to Kansas City. Everyone was like, oh, who's got the better barbecue? I'm like, funny you should ask. You guys do things differently. Well, right? Like yeah. Kansas City is pork and chicken all the way. Sure. Like if you go to Texas, they don't do the chicken that great. But pork and chicken in Kansas City, and then. You know, beef, beef ribs, like those Flintstone ribs. I'm with you on that. Yep, yep. Uh, if you want to throw some like Asian barbecue or I like could fuck Korean with barbecue. Asian barbecue, yeah, Korean barbecue. Sorry, more beef, but I want like the the long strip, like almost Colby style. Yeah, give me give me those two. Um, throw some kimchi on there. Throw yeah. some pickles on there. Uh, maybe some pork belly, mm. Green Street meats in Chicago. The pork belly is incredible. So, yep. I'll take some of that. Green Street is a great spot. They're fucking awesome. Beef cheek, like yep. the cheek at Animales in Minneapolis, Ooh. absolutely stellar. Yes, they make tacos out of it. Fucking fantastic. I'll take some offal. Give me some chitlins. Yeah. My sides, I want uh, collars with hocks. Yeah. Too sure. salty. Make it too salty. Yep. Yeah, for I sure. I want it too salty. Uh, I'll take hot links. I want them really, really hot. I don't want sauce, but if I'm going to get sauce, make it like it's hot sauce. Yep. So give me barbecue sauce that's really hot. Yeah. Or give me Carolina, just yep. the vinegar base. Can have a little mustard in it. Uh, I'll take some mac. Give me some mac and cheese. It's got to be good, though. Like, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, but then we're talking about, like, the best version yeah, of it. Yeah, it's the best version yeah, of it. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of people fuck mac and cheese. Mm. Yeah, sadly. Yeah. They bake it, and then there's, like, no moisture. Yeah. Did you, have you made this before? Or it's like, hey, have you, a cake? Uh, you, or have you heard cake? of salt? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, can I Dude. get a little salt? Yeah. So either you get, yeah, when you get creamy mac, creamy mac's cool when you do it with barbecue, but creamy mac with no seasoning tastes like nothing. nothing. Yeah. Especially when you or get the, the baked mac where the moisture is totally gone and you're you're eating dry pasta and big pieces of onion. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. What the mm-hmm. fuck is this? But some good mac, and I don't care if it's creamy and it's good or if it's baked and it's good. I want one of those. Yeah. And then I'll do, give me really good cornbread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really Always. good cornbread because you got to sop stuff up, whatever. the Mostly fat, not the yeah. sauce, but just the fats mm-hmm. on the plate. And then, uh, man, I think that's – I think I better stop there because I'm already <laughs> – I'm already shitting in the Jeep on the way home. Yeah, that's for sure, I think. <laughs> and I need some cold cervezas, like cold, cold cervezas. Yeah, yeah. High life, por favor. 
Uh, all right. I, I am on, it would be an either or situation depending on the day. I'm either some beef brisket or some like baby back ribs or St. Louis style ribs. I'm, I'm kind of either or the other, but I can't have both because I'm going to have to have a big ass fucking portion of some Kansas city burn ends. Period. Yeah. Burn ends at Kansas city. Like that's one thing that they do. Amazing. Oof. Come on, man. I feel Just like I'm burnt me. out on burnt ends because I've had so many bad. Yeah, like, but see, like, that's the thing. Is like, there are no real burnt ends anymore. A lot of it is just like... Let's chop up squares. Yeah, let's cut, chop up steak and then yeah, just let's like just make squares it. and sauce them up. Yeah. yeah, no, like legit ones. Honestly, like Joe's made me a convert. Yeah. I, I had never been a burnt ends person okay. until I had it there, yeah. and it was like a, Kansas City. Oh my ends. god, it was just like a it was like a, a moment for myself. Okay, yeah. uh, and then the other star of the show is uh, chopped pork from Bubba's in North Carolina, mm. like chopped so perfectly. For so long mm-hmm. that it almost dissolves in your mouth, but it doesn't. But it feels like it's going to. Like it's it's two minutes of chopping away from that fucking beef jerky snooze that they used to sell. Yeah. Uh, and then coated in like bright, acidic, crisp, mustard-filled vinegar sauce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit is, that's my jam right there. Yeah. Okay. If I got to pick three, I'll probably go beef because I got, you know, pork. Okay. But- Ribs are good. Ribs are good ribs, man. Yeah. There's oh, nothing yeah. better than that. Mm-hmm. Sides. I want a big ass piece of cornbread with some sort of honey butter situation happening on top, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the fats are going to be on the bottom. Mm-hmm. I also would agree with you on greens, but I need to see the pork content. Yeah, one thousand. I one thousand. Like, if if is, I can't see it, it's uh, like, no, they're not greens. That's no. that's, that's wet. wet oh, lettuce. we're talking yeah. about the best version of correct. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Like, so, so if I'm, I'm looking at good greens with yep. hawk, and like see lots that big of bone in there, like good. all, and that. it's got like great stock because yep. you taste all of that. Yeah, chunks from the hawk. That just. Sopping up that cornbread. I want the corner piece of a really good baked macaroni and cheese. Uh-huh. I want all the crispy bits around the outside, then mm. it's gooey and gooey. On hot the sauce. Uh, that covered yeah. in hot sauce. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm the way that you guys are with some other things with sausage. I have had so many bad links in my day that unless I watch somebody else eating it, I'm probably not going to do that, but I would take a hot link if I needed to. I can't think of a spot, too. You just reminded me, and I wanted to say this. I, I was thinking about things I, that you would ask uh-huh. and I would be able to say on the show, and it's funny, but I thought that we would talk about food for sure. Yeah. And we like to do there that. was a spot on the south side, and I, I want to say it was off a lake, lake towards Hiawatha, and I cannot think of the name of it. Ted's 19th? I don't know. I can't remember. But they had amazing hot links. Ted's was legit. Yeah, it might have been Ted's, but I don't think it was. Yeah, It'll right. come exactly. to me. About me yeah. My boy John yeah. Powell and I used to go there when, uh, for lunch on Fridays <laughs> for work. When I worked for the city of Minneapolis, we'd go get a haircut. And then uh, we'd go to lunch there. Uh, shout out to John Powell. Shout out to John Powell. I do not fuck with mayo coleslaw, but I would take a, a big-ass scoop of vinegar. Yeah, but see, like, my, when I say mayo, though, dude, like, it's like a, if you're doing a big vat, it's like a dollop of mayo, heavy vinegar, just so, like, the, the mayo is just, that like. shit still sus for me. I'll, I'll watch other people, and if they're digging it, can I Can try. I throw something out there? German uh, potato salad. Yeah. Like, yeah, there we sure. go. German, German potato, potato salad. I love, I love I'm okay with, but again, no I would prefer, I would prefer there coleslaw is, to that, vinegar coleslaw, but a vinegar mustard Potato salad, yeah. also bomb. But yes. you're also a very briny, yeah. you know, like you're a soury guy or Fuck a yeah. sweet guy. And so 
Mayo's got a little sweetness that you don't like. Yeah. And then the last thing would be the entire click, click. You got to try it. Click it twice first to make sure it works. But an entire tongs full of like full ass sour dill pickles right on the top. Oh, you need it. Got to have that. In there. And then that's that's it. I'm going rich and fatty, mm. uh, sharp and bratty. Rich mm-hmm. and fatty. Boom. A little spicy. Boom. Just going back and forth. Uh, probably won't even fuck with dessert. There's no, there's no point. Yeah, I'll do, more no, protein. I would, I would, and I don't, beer. I'm not a big dessert guy, but after that amount of unctuousness, I will do some cobbler. Oh, okay. oh 1,000. Give me a cobbler, like, I'll take, you know, okay, just so a nice square piece cobbler of cobbler. or banana cream pie? With barbecue, I would do cobbler. I don't know, though, bro. Or a coconut cream pie. I might go banana cream pie, but honestly, I'd I probably do just, that too, though. I'd probably just make an old-fashioned. I'd probably go coconut That's, cream pie. Sure. That's usually But like dessert. if someone if someone took the if someone took a tray of cobbler and they put it in their smoker and they're like Oh yeah, if booze if it. booze weren't the option, like you okay. had to choose one of those. Maybe there's okay. some bourbon in there. So so what's your what's your are you going like a peach cobbler, an apple cobbler? Peach cobbler. Peach cobbler, for yeah. sure. Yeah. I I yeah, if it, if they were vanilla side by cream? side, it could be Real vanilla bean ice cream. Yeah, yeah. one thousand percent. All right, if that's the case, some, if some whiskey caramel, vanilla, yeah, yeah, right, little I'll drizzle of whiskey. Then we're going cobbler. Then we're going cobbler for sure, bro. Let's and go. peach, and yeah, and then you're probably gonna, and then you're probably gonna rinse that down with a fucking straight bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah, we've been drinking a bucket of high lifes. So now we're drinking some bourbon. Hey, let's be real. Yeah. Make peach cobbler. If you have all the things to make cobbler and you're using apples, just make a fucking apple pie like a grown up. Yeah, you know like, what? Let's, let's, that's a good time to say make peach cobbler great again. Yeah, let's make peach cobbler. Can we yeah, make it great again? I'm in. God, I want some. All right, let's. I had that. a rhubarb cobbler yesterday. It was really oh, good, so actually. Good. It was super sour, slightly sweet. Yeah, I love. I could circumvent all of this with the one thing that I realize that is technically barbecue that I do because I don't really do barbecue, but. I roast suckling pigs. Yeah. Milk fed suckling pigs. I was waiting for that to over be your my thing. Grill like I've with held a, the one that's in your with a rotisserie. And that uh hey, that's hey, sorry, Peter. You could just do that. Yeah. You could just just give me that and then you know, we do fixings and yeah. stuff with that. But just give me the crackly skin and all the various mm. parts on the inside. Give me the cheeks. Give the dog the ear if I can't bite all the way through it. That's I'm it. in. You know I'm in. Woo! <laughs> Well, uh, yeah, I think we're on question six. Listeners are hungry. Yeah, I know I am. I'm hungry too. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would eat that shit. <laughs> All right, cheers, guys. Oh, here the mezcal. Oh, this is the last one. Do you want to do mezcal? Yeah. Oh, wait, oh yeah. The last one. Yeah, I think so. Right. Dip topic six. Uh, Quam, will you let us know about the tequila as well? Because we didn't touch on that. Oh yeah. Though, have we had this one on the? Yeah, we've had it on the show before. Okay. Um, Postumo is yeah, right. Uh, like a family-run distillery. They make really great stuff. It's pretty affordable. It comes in a nice like cardboard cylinder. It looks classy. Uh, and I like that I feel like you can get those beautiful kind of sweet, softer notes. Tastes classy, too. You, yeah, but you can also um, you get a little bit of the terroir. You get a little bit of the grassy side to it. Some and pepper. Yeah, earth. and I love that. I love when you get the green side. A of, cucumber. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually want to fuck with that a little bit more and maybe do an infusion with the next bottle that I get because it leans so much into that. What's the price point on this bottle? Like, MSRP is somewhere around, like, 35 40 Okay. Yeah, it's good. That's yeah, a good bottle. It's yeah. really good, too. And, and, you know, it's good when... Most a lot of Blancos are just even. Yeah, if get in front the, of that mic, son. I said a lot of Blancos. Sorry, sorry, team. Um, a lot of Blancos, even if they're premium, they're just hard to drink straight. You know, just because there's some level of you know 
Tastes a little bit like acetone. Well, or now they're just dumping mm-hmm. in vanilla uh, fake flavoring, mm-hmm. and I just can't. I, I, it's, I'm fine with it. Just call it something else. Fortunately, we're getting access to such great agaves now that yeah. we're we're being able, we're able to access products like this. That Thanks probably, to Rock and Terramana, we're getting great. Oh, Thank you, Rock. Thank <laughs> you, Rock. Yeah, this probably would have been, you know, 10 years ago, a $70 bottle because it would have been very elusive in, on the shelf. It would have been a weird bottle to have on the shelf. Todd, what do you think of that? This guy? It doesn't matter what you think. Oh, oh yeah. fuck. So I had to do it. <laughs> He's done that two out of Jabroni. three episodes. Jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're fully grown up now. We started out talking about being children. Now we're talking about things we love to do. While we're grown, which we are. Grown ass. Todd, you've had a very successful week. It's been a hectic one, though. You're feeling good about life. You can go and do anything you want with anyone that you want. Off the top of your head, what does your ideal blow-off steam evening look like? Anything I want. With anyone you want. With anyone I want. You had a good week, but it was busy. You worked your ass off, but you're like celebrating some victories. I'm watching my daughter or daughters play soccer on a Friday evening. Yeah. Warm, sun going down, mm-hmm. and then the family is likely going to have dinner, maybe catch a little dessert, and then we head home. And it's interesting because if you would ask me that question 10 years ago, it would not have been the answer. Yeah. But the things that I've seen and done and been through over the last you know, 10, 15, 20 years, like makes me appreciate that moment yeah. more than anything else. That's a There's beautiful place to be. Dude. Yeah. And so that. like, I, that's exactly what I would want to do. I love that. Let me turn that on its head and then put some modifiers on it. For sure. What if you're not in, see, you're in Minneapolis. If, I, right? if, I, if I'm not in Minneapolis, I, you're not with the fam. You had some good meetings here. Okay. And you want to like go out to whatever, do whatever you want. It doesn't got to be illicit. You can just like. Have no, I mean, like, it's interesting. I would probably choose like a fun dinner, you know, sit back, kick back, you know, with, with my homies that either I haven't seen or, you know, and I, and, and I'm a, I'm a, you know, what's good for one is good for all. Yeah. So people are getting the invite that mm-hmm. don't know each other and we're getting around, we're breaking bread, we're, we're, we're chopping it up. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if we're lucky enough, that place turns into a, a, a total vibe and they've got really killer hip hop on playing. We can sit, sip, chill, and, you know, just, just kick back. Like, you know, interestingly enough, the one of the names we considered for Plift before we chose Plift, which is intentionally one letter short of the word uplift, was kickback. Mm. Um, because we wanted to be, you know, this drink that was known for creating a vibe. And so, like, that's probably what I would do is, like, it's around people that care and that I care about and that, you know, there's no pre, you know, there's no preconceptions and there's no, you know... It's just chill. Like, at this point in my life, I I want as much cruise control as I can get. <laughs> That's for sure. I love that. So, yeah, like, it's like, it's never going to be a wild night for me anymore just because yeah. those don't, those don't feel me. It's like being able to talk in a environment 
where it's low key and we can listen to some music that we all love. So how many people are we talking? We're doing like a dining experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like we're talking like eight to ten. Okay, you know, in a restaurant or is it like a barbecue? Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Like whatever, mm. whatever the the vibe is. Like right, if one of the if one of the guys is like, "Yo, I'm you're in town," or my sister and my brother in law, like, "Hey, you're in town," pop down to the house. You know, they live in the south suburbs. Bring all the friends. We'll just sit back and. You know, we'll sit outside and, you know, have some drinks, have some pliffs, play yeah. some bones, like, you know, listen to some tunes, cut it up, laugh. Yes. Like, that 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 feeds my soul right now. That's fuel. Yeah, I love it. Fuck yeah. I want to do that. I just want to go hang out with you, with your brother-in-law, man. Yeah, Steve. Yeah. That's my dude. Shout out to Steven. Yeah, shout out to Steven. That is the homie. My fellow trash panda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the homie right there. Uh, okay, so are we, we're outlying, because it's dinner with my wife. No, we're not like, outlying anything. You can, you can take it. Well, I mean, I'm, like, I feel like that's, no matter what, that's always going to be base mode. Like, where do I want to be at mm-hmm. all times is, like, pouring my wife a glass of wine, setting of a meal that we just With cooked. your family, with your people. You know, like, that's, that's it. But yeah, if, like, that's, okay. and that's exactly why I went to where I went, because, yeah. like, I know me and Caroline love to go watch our girls play. We love to get our yeah. folding chairs, the yeah. sun just beaming on us. It's an evening. It's warm out. Well, and we don't, like, no phones at the dinner table, yeah. so we're actually just talking to each other and engaged right. and catching Beautiful. up. Like, that's, I mean, that's it. But I feel like the point of the question was, like, everything wide open. Like, what would you, what do you want to, what do you, what, like, You're fills definitely your catching a show. Yeah, that's, that would be it. So it's catching a show with, and I know Abe's going to get mad at me, but... Nicole Popowitz, Jessica Gustelis, or my homie Jesse Lungstrom, who's in Baltimore right now. Nicole and hey, Jess- it's, in a, it's Jesse Lungstrom's birthday. It is Jesse Lungstrom's birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jesse. Jesse Lungstrom. Whenever you listen to this, just know Sorry that you're to be have- so like, I don't like to be hyper-personal on the show, but I saw today. Yeah. I don't know him well. I know him through you from the yeah. house house party. But I saw today that it's his birthday, yeah, so happy birthday, Jesse. I, uh, I, I didn't even see that on Facebook, so hey, cheers, dude. Uh, but Nicole, um, she feeds off the joy that I have when I go to a show and it's really rad to watch music with her because she also, uh, she only seems happy 99.3% of the time. And she left. I've met her twice and both times she was extremely happy. She's very joyful. And she, she gives, what's cool is she gives herself permission to be that happy and it's not bullshit. Like she lives in that moment. So even when I'm like overanalyzing a show, I'll look at her. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I should just be having fun. I should just be, like, loving this. And that's rad. Jess and I speak the same music language. She is moved by everything the same way that I am. And she's one of the few people I've ever known in life that I love going to a show because we can talk the entire time or we don't talk at all. And we feel it. Like, it's just there. Mm. And Jesse... It's because he's looking at the same nerdy shit that I'm looking at. We're trying to figure out what the pedals are, like who's doing what, how's the sound, okay, what if we move a little bit this way, ooh, that's even better, uh, what, what time signature is the drummer switching into, what are we doing here? Like He analyzes the same thing I do, and he is such a better musician than I am that he'll notice things about the, like the chord structure of a bridge for a song, and I'll see him working it out in his head, and he'll literally like start playing it, and then he's like, dude, that was really amazing. Like, this is why I like that. Like, it's fucking awesome. And as somebody, he was in a touring band that did very well for quite a while. He gets it. And so, like, we don't have to talk about, when him and I are in a show, we don't have to talk about any of the other stuff. 
we almost only talk about the nerd stuff. And that makes me happy too, because he's also just as excited to talk about that. And that's very freeing. And, you know, I, I love all three of those humans. In the grand scheme, I probably don't spend as much time with them as I do with other people. Mm. But if I had to close my eyes and go to a show, those are the probably the people that I would want to go with, unless it was a band that my wife loved. Like seeing her at Beyonce, that was the great, I, I literally half the time wasn't even looking at Beyonce. I was just staring at my wife getting the fuck down. And that was beautiful. Yeah. But she has like her 10 things that she yeah. loves that much. I'm that way with like 500 bands. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, I get it. Yeah, totally. So I love, I love that vibe and I love being around other people that like get it, that make me feel like I'm not crazy. You know, like they, when I see it on them, I'm like, oh yeah, you're, you're into this as much well, as I am. And it's like, th there's so much energy that's transferred in shows. Totally. Right? So like you're with your people mm -hmm. and then you pan to your left or right and you see the person that you don't know from Adam having that same moment that you're having. Totally. And then you feel connected to that person. Well, if, if we want to really distill it down, uh, I, I bore some of my friends with this, but I, I truly believe this. If you want to distill it down and take faith out of it, and we're just looking at the scientific experiment that is this human body. Like we have, we've proven it's electricity that runs us, right? So think about any time that you have two electronic things next to each other. You can pick up different hums on microphones. You can cause magnets to push away or come together. Like that's what happens with inanimate objects when they're charged with electricity. Mm -hmm. Letting yourself be an electron in the middle of a buzzing room of electrons, yeah. it does something different. Music is inherently electric. Right. Like the crowd experience is electric and the music is everything I mean, in there. You know, it's interesting you say that, Ben, because it's like I love music so much and I love going to shows. Like the one reason why I don't go to as many shows, well, I now go to shows with my daughters. Mm -hmm. right? like, they're like, hey, dad, will you take me to this? Yeah, and like we're yeah. big into hip hop and whatever. So, But I go to a lot of shows by myself. Um, Same. and that's because like, I want to connect to the music and I want to, you know, not, I want to be mindless and I don't want to feel like I have to entertain someone. But what I oftentimes find is in that moment, the person standing right next to me is vibing, jamming, and we look at each other and then we just are like, it's like you, you, you just start celebrating with that mm -hmm. person because you've, you met them in 100%. that moment and it was a, you know, the likelihood of you talking to that person again maybe slim to none right like or none to none but yeah in that moment that one thing that one song that one artist brought you to a place of like commonality and like almost like scarily connected mm -hmm. there's a there's a woman i never got her name there's a woman i still think about from time to time uh the very first time that i went to go see rage against the machine the guy that i went with we kind of got separated for a little bit and at the end, so many people were running down the steps and jumping into the pit that security just quit and they turned all the lights on and they had just rocked into freedom or sorry, bullet in your head. No, it was freedom. It was freedom. And this like, I mean, it was getting dangerously crowded because like literally thousands of people were jumping down into the floor. And so those of us that were already on the floor were kind of getting squished in the middle and there was this woman who I would say was maybe 5'4 or 5'5, five five, 
that was standing right next to me, and I don't think she, I just saw her look around for a second, and I don't think she had any idea where the people that she came with were either. And we were both singing along, and as it builds to the end, where Zach is just yelling "freedom," screaming "freedom." We're screaming it into each other's faces. Like this human I've never met. We are full unhinged jaw, veins bulging out in our necks. This was, this was pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were shooting each other's germs into each other's faces, mm. screaming as the crowd got tighter and tighter and tighter. And then the, the song ends and boom, yeah. the band just walks off and it was impossible to move. And I just put my arm around, like, we both faced the same direction. She was in front of me. I put my forearm around her, like, neck and collarbone and just started, like, guiding through the crowd and realized really quickly that wasn't working. So I just yelled into her ear, just grabbed the back of my shirt, and I went full lead blocker through the whole crowd. We got out, and she goes, thank you so much. I didn't know if I was going to get out of there. Sweaty hug, walked away, never saw you again. But that mo- I think about that moment. That's music, man. Just screaming freedom into another human's face as we are in very unsafe conditions. And that's the only place that would ever happen is at a concert. For sure. Like, you don't see that when two people love a painting at the Louvre. They're not, they're not, they're not like, Picasso! Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. like, they're not saying anything. <laughs> I mean, it'd be awesome if they did, but. Uh, Charles, where, where would, where would freedom, full freedom, where would that take you? Full freedom? Full freedom. Yeah. If you were just like. Not full frontal. I, uh, I went on a walk with Marnie last week. We were taking just bogey around Northeast Minneapolis and we turned the corner by a bunch of this congested area in Northeast where there are, um, a lot of bars and restaurants and. I ended up authoring a post, just a little post on Facebook about it. There was this group of people that kind of converged on a corner. One guy was on his bike, this other couple, just kind of like, hey, man, what do you want to do tonight? I don't know. Let's drink something. Let's eat something. And it it kind of awoke something in me, but it also made me feel a little sad because that used to be just a every night kind of a thing. And it made me realize is also this time of year I have spring fever. So mm-hmm. like connection is so important right now, like wanting to be around people and, and, and experience like connection and, and the things that the commonalities with beverage and food and things like that. For me, the ideal night pretty much always, um, it doesn't always happen, but I want that, um, not all the time again as an ambivert, but to be able to do like not bell to bell, but at both bells to experience food with people. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking like a party, like the Negroni party. So you gather with all these people that you love. They don't all know one another. They don't all love one another, but you're all in the Together. same place. Yeah. And there's a lot of like pocket experiences within that consume food you consume beverage you consume conversation you laugh you cry you smile you hug it can just be in my yard let's say that so i'm grilling everybody's eating good uh we're making everyone's making different cocktails there's there's plift in the cooler there's high lifes if you know (laughs) for whatever people's vices are they can enjoy whatever whatever it is that they care for 
and we just uh, enjoy one another's company and we go long. We go long. I love that. I love those nights, Quam. We connect on this. Like, Fuck yeah. I still love those days turned into nights where you start a party at 2 p.m. because you know that the food's going to be close enough to being ready that you don't have to be like, get away from me. And then everybody can enjoy it about 4 p.m. And then you can step away from the grill and enjoy yourself amongst everybody. And then the sun goes down and you start the bonfire. You light cigars. You make another drink. Maybe the drinks get darker. And um, people wane, but you always... In an ideal environment, you have that group that sort of perseveres throughout the evening. Well, you know what's beautiful about that is that you start with a group, yeah. you end with a group, but seldom right. are those groups the Yeah, same, 100%. Right? Like, people flex in and out throughout the day, throughout the night. Like, those are hard days to come by now. Yeah. Oh, they're very, they're, they're very rare to come by. It's just like the barbecue plate. This is my barbecue plate of human beings and end of experience. And it's when people don't... It's not they don't let me go to bed, but I don't go to bed till everyone goes to bed. I've never had a party where I'm like, well, enjoy yourselves. I'm going to go to bed. And you end up with like a pocket of humans really late at night and you're sitting in the yard and the fire, the the fire is still burning. Yeah, it's super late night. You're playing tunes. You're trying not to bother the neighbors, but everyone's taking turns playing stuff. You light another cigar, you have another beverage. You're basically at this point sobering up because you can't quite Mm -hmm. possibly keep up with the consumption if you're drinking alcohol. And it's really, really late. And you're like, who wants to eat? And you either dig through the leftovers or you throw something else on the grill. You get the coals going again. And then everyone responsibly disperses or sleeps in my guest room or sleeps on my couch. But that to me, like a long evening of connection. And this is optimal circumstances. You know, I yeah. got to be in the mood. Again, I had a long week, but I had a good day. And I want to experience that with other people. Like, let's, let's make that all worthwhile. Because that's important to me. I don't, I don't work for the weekend. I, I, I weekend for the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I want I want to live you, more you, than I want to do anything. That's real. And that's also why, I mean, you I don't think, live to work. You work to live. I think everyone in this. Yes. And I think everyone in this room has a commonality in regard to that, that also not just that, but also that we do things that bring us fulfillment and joy. And we sort of are able to, um, make an, an amoeba or homogenize that with our, our enjoyment and our social lives because we love everything that we do. And so that's like the, if I had a great week and I was really busy, those are good things. Those are one and the same. If I had a really, really busy, crazy week, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. And if I capped it off feeling gratified and, you know, we just did like a label round for, for one of my brewery clients or something like that, and then we just stamped it and sent it off to the press and it was fully approved. And then I have a barbecue with mm-hmm. almost all, you're doing, you know. You're, so you're doing this a Friday, right? That's what's up. Yeah. yeah Friday. Like, hey, mm-hmm. hey we're, it's closing time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Swing, swing by the house. Yep. We're, we're, the grill's getting fired up at six. Yep. Spatchcock, some chickens. Yeah. I got my rub on them. I got a bunch of oysters I'm going to throw on the grill. You know what's wild? I've never actually thought about this before, but all of my closest friends are the would be there for the entirety of it. You know, like, yeah. I, the two, you have the Negroni party, you have a couple parties. Where would I do. flex in? 
Yeah, absolutely. Like, no, you what know, I'm saying, what, what, am I in and out, or am I like long hauling it? Like, if you're, dude, I'm. I've been blown away at your ability to keep up with me when you've been in town, man. Yeah. Like, I honestly, there are a couple times where I was like, I mean, is he gonna have the energy? You have been in, in spades. So, my Todd, man, come to the Negroni good. party if you're yeah. here in June. And by the way, I don't love Negronis, but I'd, I'd pull up. Well, you actually, it's like we'll such talk a about range. this offline. You may There's have to such be here a that range. weekend anyway. Yeah, uh, but. But the two things that I do every year, the two things that I am committed to mm-hmm. are the $400 barbecue, which we've talked about ad hoc on here. It's 20th anniversary this year. Cooking wait, wait, party. wait. What's the $400 barbecue? It's a cooking party with four of my best friends, and it's the 20th anniversary of it. So everyone puts in? Uh, nope. Uh, you just show up. Yeah, I'm saying, like, of the four of you each put 100 in? That's how it started. Yeah, yeah. It, it we, lives on. It lives yeah, on. So it's we a, got to the point it's where it's a, it's a air quote four hundred dollar yeah. barbecue, yeah. but it's uh, way bigger than that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it got it got really out of control for a few years, and now we've reeled when it is back that? in, uh, like four or five grand. No, when is that? Oh, uh, it'll be uh, <laughs> September October. Okay. We're working on a date right now. We got we got one we got hey, one of the homies. Uh, one hey, of the homies uh, assistant, <laughs> could you get that on the calendar? Oh wait, that's me. One of the homies has a young kid, <laughs> so it kind of changed up our schedule a little bit. So we're just trying to figure that out. But the other one, uh, friend of the podcast, John Buck, uh, we started our full ass New Year's Day party two years ago, and it's the same thing. New Year's Day, everybody sleeps in. You told me about this yep, actually so last. No one is here. allowed to show up before one o'clock. John and I will have already started some food. It just goes until people tap out. Now, maybe that's 10 o'clock. Maybe that's 2.30 or 3 in the morning. Like, whatever it may be. Right. We all, we just continued to cook food throughout the day. Hot sauce party is the same way. Like, all of these, it's all based around come and let me provide for you. Let's cook together. Let's eat together. That's let's the, laugh yeah, together. That's what the Negroni party is, too. Yeah, it's, it's, all the, it's all the same. Like, fill in the different Mad Libs. But it's the same blueprint for all of these. And that's the, clo- the the people who are closest to me in my life at 43 are the people who have interest in that. And I've never once noticed that. But while you were talking, mm-hmm. Charles, I was going through in my yeah, head. Right. Every one of my closest friends mm-hmm. are the people who would want to come and just hang out and eat and laugh and listen and talk. That's a kickback. It. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's a kickback. Yeah, man. It's a kickback. Yeah, love, love that. Shit. A, yeah, I I treasure every one of those experiences, and like you know the the smaller version of that, like the microcosmic version of that, is like when I throw up the projector in the yard and I do a UFC in July, and you know it's like a dozen of the homies, and on a good night I'm grilling, and the wives come, and there's like sixteen people there. And some of us are watching fights. Some of us are just, like, convening another part of the yard with the fire going or something like that. That ends up being, like, an impromptu, like, cool-ass party. And sometimes we linger. Mm-hmm. Fights end late. Midnight, I throw the press conference on and put it on mute. We play some tunes. Next thing you know, it's fucking 3.30 a.m. And I'm like, oh, shit, we had a good night. We were just going to hang out and watch people punch each other in the face. And now we're just now we're, all, hey, now we're, we're just all smiles. Hey, hey, now we're going to be punching ourselves in the face tomorrow. Yeah, because we're gonna feel like ass. Well, well, to, that's okay. Yeah, or today because it's now three thirty. Yeah, exactly. Each yeah. Other. In or today. Yeah. <laughs> no, Tab takes his shirt off and tries to wrestle people. <laughs> I like to bring Tab up because he thinks he should be the co-host of the show, not Quam. Of course he does. <laughs> You're named after a shitty pop from the '80s, dude. I don't know what to tell you. Wait, Tab. 
<laughs> Tab, Coke's, Coke's redheaded stepchild. Yeah, exactly. Shots fired. Can't wait for you guys to wrestle shirtless after UFC this summer. Dude, he's I mean, Tab, come- Tab was ahead of his time, though. It had a pink can. All I picture is him as Will Ferrell and the ladies' man, just like, we must wrestle each other in the style of our Greco-Roman ancestors. Just oiling up. Oiling himself up. <laughs> Why are you wearing a singlet under your clothes? <laughs> At all times. At all times. <laughs> ready for battle. Yeah. I'm never not ready. Oh he, he's God. probably the guy that leaves the singlet off his shoulders and pulls it up when he's ready. Exactly. That's, how, he, that's yeah. how you know. Or he's like a very tiny Andre the Giant. He's just got the one... That was such a power move. Just one titty out at all times. Andre the small. Yeah, just just Lil' Kim in it, man. Andre was first. (laughs) Oh, yeah, but Lil' Kim did do it, right? And then she had the the star on her titty. Uh Uh-huh. Wasn't it a starfish? Uh, it was either that or a flower. And then was it Diana Ross gave her the little little jiggle? (laughs) The little boo-boo. Listen, that that made some things move for me back in the day. So I'm just Plum, you on you Andre did today when we saw the sunbeam. Damn right. <laughs> so we had a sunbeam coming through down here in the uh, <laughs> in the chambers at Club Caraway, and I took a dope ass photo of the cigar I was smoking, and then I was like, "Ooh, let's bring down a can of Plift and have a little photo shoot." And we took some photos. I saw it. And then Quam was like, "My hand looks cart." I was like, "Dude, this, this is Andre the Giant shit." Like. My fucking hand, man. I I never. All I picture is uh, boss. You want a plift? The the the. Um, <laughs> do you remember the rock monster in uh, Never Ending Story? When yeah. the when the nothing comes through and everybody's gone, he's like, "I have these hands. They look like strong hands." That's all I could hear when I was looking at that photo. I'm like, "How is that a 12 ounce <laughs> can? There's more meat from my hand mm-hmm. in the sides of the can yeah. than there is of can." <laughs> It's not good or great. I don't know. Whatever. I'm large. It'd be weird if I had tiny hands. I'm large. Oh, well, that's different <laughs> that's than isolating. I'm average. Of itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm average. <laughs> that's a podcast in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely it is. Uh, all right. Well, if uh, as, as we are out of said topics and drinks have been drunk, uh, Todd, how do you want people to follow along this journey with, uh, with Plift and Perfectly Dosed? So I would say... For just general musings about what's going on inside my head, I'd follow at Todd K. Harris on the gram. I would follow at Drink Plift, and I would follow at Perfectly Dosed. Um, And all those will get you a bit of different content, Mm -hmm. but I'll be sure to give you musing of what's going on inside my brain, (laughs) which is is in and of itself a... uh, Variety show. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we have, uh, obviously, Juicy Grapefruit, as we talked about on the show, just came out, just dropped. But we have a ton of stuff up our sleeves for the rest of this year. So I can promise you uh, the ride will not be boring. We have a lot of amazing things coming, some coming very soon. And, and you'll uh, hear all about it. You'll hear, hear all about it right here on the show. Libations for everyone. Absolutely. Uh, I know Charles doesn't like doing this, but I will say it. Uh, if you want to give us a rating, that'd be really nice. If you want to just say, hey, this is a fun show that I like to listen to, it's always wonderful to have that mm. uh, happen. It just helps us get to more people. Uh, we can, continue to Can grow. I say something Yeah, about that? Sup- support comes in a lot of different ways. Absolutely. Support comes verbally. Some support comes from showing up. And in a digital world where people's ability to be seen, be heard, educate, be educated – comes from someone clicking a button mm-hmm. 
y'all do these dudes a solid. Like this is a, you know, every time I listen to this show, I learn something about culture, about cuisine, about a place I haven't been, about someone else's story, about why they show up every day. And like, that's education. That's, and so that's I, an incredible I, compliment. Thank yo, you. Yo, punch the stars, share these episodes. I mean, you don't have to share this one. I mean, unless you want, <laughs> unless you want to try to put me on, but but no, I mean, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like you guys are doing something that's really cool, and I think you creating a platform for people who are in the industry, want to learn about the industry, love cocktails, love stories, love food, love travel, love culture, and now love cannabis. Like I think, yeah. I think you guys are doing something that's that's, you know, that's important. Thank you. Fucking rad. And thanks for yeah. being here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. I'm also going to offer up, you know, because Palm's always like, oh, what do you got? And I'm like, fucking nothing. <laughs> but uh, if you, so if you're a listener and, you know, we have listeners in like foreign countries and stuff and we've mentioned like not everyone follows podcasts on social media, that's fine. But if you want to like offer up a comment on an episode or like a thought about something we've discussed or... Um, you know, we sometimes say like offer up a topic, whatever. If you just want to like fire off something that lands in our laps, just something that you want to tell us, Charles at libationsforeveryone.com is my email. I'm Ben has one as well, but mm-hmm. um, which is Ben at libationsforeveryone.com. He didn't check his. I'm yeah, I'm more I'm more receptive to the email mm-hmm. because I you know take on a lot of the business stuff that we hear in the analytics side of the business. If you would like to send anything to the program, you can send it to my email Absolutely. Box, Charles at libationsforeveryone.com. No matter what it is, you can just be like, yo, the episode was was booty. Or you could say like, hey, I was really moved by this particular topic. Or, or as Ben and I got a text today, <laughs> hot, hot booty. Hot booty. Hot Which, booty. It's a yo, different booty. Yo, hot, hot booty means a lot of things. So if it was hot booty, yeah. you might want to hold that. But, but like it doesn't it doesn't necessarily change anything about the dynamic of our reach. But mm. we've had I've had people tell me or email me or yeah. or, or reach out to us and say things like um, during lockdown, couples would would contact uh, our our official resources and say things like, "Oh man, we've been just cooped up and we put your program on and it feels like we're walking in on a barroom conversation and we pause after every." question as it's rendered before the answers come in and we answer the topic as a couple so cool and then we listen and we compare notes and sometimes we like snipe you guys air quotes um sometimes we say something that didn't occur to you guys but like it's we love the interactivity of it we treat it like a drinking game hey if you want to just like let us know that it's not selfish we love to hear that kind of stuff yeah so if you want to tell us, like, yeah, we were we treat the show interactively, or this particular topic moved me because of like something in my life, please just mm-hmm. fire it off. I mean, I'm probably gonna get flooded now, but well, but I mean, same thing with like social media. Like, it's just Charles and I. Like, we we see and read everything. So yeah. any way of yep. like, I promise, if you reach out, like, we'd love to hear from you. And we see when you we see when you story post. We just can't repost unless you actually manually tag after you render the post because of the stupid way that that instagram works but every time someone reposts we see all those reposts and it's amazing it really is it's rad so thank you all for being awesome and i hope you guys have a wonderful time until our next episode yep uh todd 
Thank you for being here again. This was absolutely fucking rad. I love having somebody fly here. <laughs> thank you, guys. This, is, this has been dope, and I've been looking forward to this. Yes, and thank you for joining us. Go get yourself a little Pliff Juicy Grapefruit. Woo. Peace. <laughs>